Tony Dunn, and nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Come on and take a seat, Panther fans, on the People's Voice Podcast. That's right. It's your podcast, Carolina Panther fans. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast, brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. Hop in the car. We're on our way to Bank of America, and we got a lot to talk about with this coach and staff. Frank Reich, or should I say White, Jim Caldwell, has has hired black Frank Reich. That's right. Frank Reich has added Jim Caldwell. We got the same person. Think about this. The best of both worlds, like Jay-Z said once with uh, R. Kelly. And that's right. The best of both worlds. We could have had Jim Caldwell as the head coach and Frank Reich as the senior assistant. We would be happy. But guess what? We got Frank Reich, Jim Caldwell, more head coaches, and a QB coach who is in love with C.J. Stroud. The Panthers are bringing back all the old names, even Don Capers. And we're going to talk about all that coaching news, even Derek Carr. And I'm going to do it with my wheel, man. Cody Lashney, how you doing, my friend? Tony Dunn, David Tepper deserves a little bit of credit. We have been very hard on this man for a long time. You know, once upon a time, calling us basement dwellers. He brought music back to Charlotte. But let me tell you something about David Tepper. I really feel that he has learned from a, a lot of the mistakes that he has made. This man has done nothing but hire coaches with proven NFL pedigrees, baby. The Carolina Panthers are building something special there's no denying it. We've got some Panther legends in the building, potentially some future Panther legends joining the team. There is so much to talk about, so much to analyze, but you already know we're going to do it with some more legends. The best damn Panther fans in all of YouTube. You know them and love them. It's our guy, Drew, Anthony Price, Joey the Blind Panther, Craig Hartner, the real I'm ready. David Screws, Grim Reaper, Hamburger Milkshake, Joshua Hall, Lynn Leon Hart. We see you, Lynn. What's up? Michael Davis, Mr. Meow, Mr. Panther Gal 73, Smells Like Blue, Tyler, Volguy 23, Pad One Panther, Tony Dunn. Ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. CK's in the house, bro. We've gotten a lot of school like coaches that like cody said had experience okay and that was something that we missed last year or with the rule era yeah the rule era we started to see a bit of a turnaround last year um you know with the hires that he made we felt like it was a vast improvement and you know quite honestly when you see what happened i think that's probably an accurate statement however man i miss one week and we just fill this coaching staff up with just dogs on 
from you know from top to bottom um this has been uh quite interesting to see this play out um and i think that all of this veteran presence from a coaching standpoint is meant to help people like our new defensive coordinator with uh some of the tough things that they may have to deal with um you know but but at the end of the day um this just feels like they are trying to develop these these players that we have current and future players into stars and what better way to do that than get some people in here who who have done that consistently in their careers? Man, we bring back Don Capers as an assistant uh, defensive coach, Greg. He's an advisory senior assistant to our new and upcoming uh, defensive coordinator in a Giro Evero. But man, is it time to bring back another former Carolina Panther head coach and John Fox as another senior defensive uh, assistant who was with Frank Wright and we put together the most senior awesome staff? Would it be, is it too geriatric? Well, it seems like they're bringing back everybody from the Erickson Stadium era, which, oh, you know, yeah. that's cool. Uh, that was when I fell in love with the Carolina Panthers during that time. And th- it doesn't feel like this second Reich is like a perfect storm brewing right now. I feel so confident going into next year, and we haven't heard anything but coaches being hired right now. It feels so good. It's like a breath of fresh air to hear good news about Carolina Panthers and feel confident moving forward. We're building a foundation, a solid foundation, which is where you start a dynasty or franchise at, and I, I, I like the direction it's going. long as it's the second Reich. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can't go more than two. yeah i feel like uh that is a something that like we're all being baited into saying because it's (laughs) but then we uh, nobody should it's like uh, forbidden. the number's 252-228-5098 that's 252-228-5098 you can be a part of the longest running panthers podcast that's the c3 panthers podcast help us continue to grow by subscribing sharing liking doing all the things to help uh, us. Actually, you know what? Two things. Number one, happy Valentine's Day to the team I love, to the people I love in this chat, on this panel. And this marks the beginning of our 11th season as a Panthers podcast, if my math is right. I started in 2013 this podcast when we went on and I was starting like, I think September somewhere right in there of 2013. And we were start off. So I was like, man, I got to get on on this as I was going to do it the next year and wait. And I was like, and Joey and I just said, let's do it right now. Fuck it. We'll build it as we go, mm-hmm. you know, figure out the graphics, even the name of it. We were figuring out and uh, haven't stopped since then. And I always mark, the beginning of our season with the very first week of the new season. The Super Bowl is over. The Kansas City Chiefs won by three. My mother-in-law, who uh, does not follow a lot of professional football, comes over and she goes, I think the the Chiefs are going to win by three. And then she goes, she sends me a text at the end, I told you. And I was like, (laughs) don't bet a bet. Yeah, don't bet against Patrick Mahomes and don't bet against the C3 Panthers podcast as we will bring you another year each and every week going after it. The Kansas City Chiefs, bro, Super Bowl champs. You guys have a fun weekend. Happy Valentine's Day. 
Hey, but first, before you do, flex them 11 biceps, baby. Lucky number 11. You already know what it is. C3 doesn't go nowhere. We're here all year round giving you this Panther Nation, uh, you know, pot, you know, doing this type of stuff that we love to do for y'all, man. We don't ever want to stop talking about the Carolina Panthers. You hear me? And that's what we're going to do. This is our 11th season. And, man, we got some cool stuff in store for y'all, man. Happy to be here. Happy Valentine's Day uh, to the the lover that has torn our heart apart a bunch of times, the Carolina Panthers. But we're still going strong. You know what I we'll mean? Talk, well, yeah, we'll talk about our first loves. We'll talk about some of those things that uh, lovers scorned on this podcast. We're about to get in this coaching talk, but I feel like we first continue – as Valentine's Day and sending our love uh, to the people that make this podcast, people's voice right here. How about the voice makes a voice? Welcome in a new member of the C3 Superfan Club, $1.99, small token of love and support for the C3 Panthers podcast. And you get these pipes right here. Mossy Man 789 News has hit that join button and has now become a member of the C3 Superfan Club. It's a small gesture to show that you are supporting us, helping us continue to grow, continue to increase the quality, and continuing to show your loyalty. We appreciate that, and welcome to the club. Yes, sir. Word up. Let's jump into the talk tonight. The Panthers, as we we talked last week, and the title of the show, I think, last week was Frank Wright continues to fill out coaching staff. The big news last week was Ajiro Evero. Uh, we heard that Deuce Staley was going to be a part of the staff. We may not have known in the official capacity, but since then, there have been some new names that have been added to this puzzle. Some new names. Holy cow. Oh. Yeah, and they're old names, too. New or old names, I do not know today. Let's start with the biggest news of the day, and that is the Carolina Panthers have hired Jim Caldwell as a senior offensive assistant. The interesting part about this is they were interviewing him as a potential head coach, and I always make the joke that this is uh, black Frank Reich, uh, these guys are both very, very similar in the type of candidate that both of them are. And maybe I think Frank Reich has more ex- because I think he was a quarter. Oh, I know he was a quarterback. I don't know what Jim Caldwell, when he, if he played in the NFL, his status at that point. But both offensive coordinators on teams that have won Super Bowl championships, both have had successful records as head coaching And Jim Caldwell even turned down declined interviews for offensive coordinator positions. One uh, requested by the Washington Commanders, our former coach Ron Rivera. Jim Caldwell said no. He was only fielding head coaching offers. We then hire Frank Reich. Frank Reich has now hired the guy that is basically him. It's awesome. I told you guys I would have been happy with Jim Caldwell as our head coach. I would have been happy with Frank Reich as our head coach. I even said, hey, let's hire Jim Caldwell and make Frank Reich the offensive coordinator. Well, guess what we did? We did basically that. They're the same person, and I'm so happy. So, yeah, to to, to make it official, Jim Caldwell has been hired by the Carolina Panthers 
Um, he added more experience and more perspective to this staff. They have agreed to terms with Jim Caldwell to become a senior assistant. He will report directly to Reich and will help the team on offense, defense, and special teams. The 68-year-old Caldwell was one of nine coaches to interview for the Panthers' head coach opening and the second from that group to join Reich's staff along with defensive coordinator Jiro Ivero. So Caldwell wasn't very high on my list of head coaches, but I'm definitely happy that he's a part of this organization. And I think that when you look at what the Panthers are doing, as I said earlier, David Tepper has gone from a strategy of letting a guy like Matt Rule bring all of his college cronies with him into the NFL to really making sure that every single hire has a guy with a proven track record in the NFL. This might be one of the most tenured coaching staffs that the Panthers have ever had by the time this whole thing is said and done. Or in the entire NFL period right now, honestly. Yeah, we're, we're killing it. Um, and also, let's be real. Most of these hires came out of nowhere. I don't think anybody would have told you that the Panthers were the front runners to land any of these men before they signed with us, and, and yet here they are. So I think it's a testament to, one, David Tepper hearing, you know, all the noise and making some adjustments into what he has done as an owner. But I feel like it's also a testament to Frank Reich totally. and, the, and the sentiment around the NFL of what coaches believe about Frank Reich and his abilities as a head coach. And I kind of feel like the sentiment is around the NFL that the Panthers are building something special. CK, I was going to bring this up. There's two things. There's one is like he's talking about that experience, yeah. right? We didn't uh, have that under Matt Rule. Um, this team, though, the experience that, that they are adding, so they're adding guys like Deuce Daly. They're adding yeah. guys like Dom Capers. We're adding Jim Caldwell. Cody's saying it's us building something special in Carolina, but the one yeah, – I, I don't disagree with that. Frank Reich, though, is uh, is respected enough by these individuals to join him. You know, is that that's the thing right here is that you could put in that means that Jim Caldwell and these guys have enough confidence in Frank right. Reich to become part of his staff. That's my first thing to to UCK as you see these types of names and the pedigree that comes with them. It does bring us some uh, confidence in what other people think about Frank Reich. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue the fact that we're getting a lot of big names. The, the, if I'm being honest, there is a part of me that is concerned with all of these big names being on the same team um, and how that's going to work out. I just, I, I, I'm excited and I think it's giving us something uh, to look forward to. But I also think there is a, a, there is a potential for some of these guys to butt heads because you know, the the truth of the matter is I think all of them have their own vision of what to what they want this team to be. And I would like to think that the interview process, uh, you know, washed away a little bit about what what each, you know, and, and they're all kind of somewhat cohesive in what they want. But um, that would be my main concern about it is just there's a lot of pieces right now. And and I'm hoping that they can go together and work well together. But as of right now, we're just in the in the holding pattern and see how it works. Yeah. I saw someone point this out, Greg, is that 
the fact that uh, two of these people had interviewed for the Panthers head coaching position, right? So Frank Reich interviewed, obviously he got it. Uh, Jim Caldwell was the first interview. Giro Evero, the defensive coordinator we brought in, that hot name also was interviewed for the head coaching position. Then you hear Josh McCown being uh, last year kind of flirted with by Houston as a head coaching position. Right. So you hear some of these, someone put this, uh, and I thought this was a great point is that this is a sign of guys putting away their egos Mm -hmm. and uh, kind of coming together. And for me, Greg, I'm not too concerned about the butting heads like CK has said, because I feel like Caldwell is on a position now. If he didn't get a head coaching job this time, he's not going to get one. Dom Capers is as old as, you know, whatever. I feel like these guys are ready to rock. Yeah. Frank Wright. I I agree. I think that what CK is saying, yeah, you may have too many, you know, chefs in the kitchen, but I feel like everybody that we hired has is old enough to be able to put their ego aside. They knew what they were going into coming here and some wanted to come here. We just added five Super Bowl coaching rings or five coaches who have won Super Bowl rings with capers, uh, right? Not not Uh, five coaches, five rings with four coaches, right? Uh, Right, Caldwell, Capers, and uh, Evera have all won Super Bowls as coaches. Who's won multiple? Uh, Caldwell. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Colts, here, let's uh, talk about that briefly as we continue to discuss the addition. Will he be – you know, what's interesting to me is that they have not announced these positions very clear. They describe it as a senior offensive assistant. Right. And Jim Caldwell, you know uh, – the Panthers have been they, – they made some quick moves when it came to the defensive side of the ball. But I feel like Reich was a little – not vague, but maybe reserving that this is – he really wanted to be in command in the offense in so many ways. Is basically Jim Caldwell working with him and an assistant coordinator capacity in a sense. You know, are they blending together, working hand-in-hand, hand, and we're going to hear that name? Who are you going to really add – and if you add somebody, offensive coordinator right here, are they going to have more pool than Frank Reich and Caldwell in the, the orchestration of this? I can't believe that. But here's the crazy part, I think, of the Frank Reich and Jim Caldwell combination. They're, na- they're, they're eerily, they have very similar backgrounds. Both have been head coaches of the Indianapolis Colts. Both have been offensive coordinators who have won Super Bowls. Mm -hmm. And here's another one for you is Jim Caldwell and God, who was our second coach after Capers? But there's only Jim Caldwell and one other coach, and he was a coach of the 49ers. I can't remember who it was. He said they are the only two coaches or the last two coaches to go 12 and 0 to start their coaching career in their rookie season. Oh, wow. So Jim Caldwell was on that Peyton Manning, on a Peyton Manning team when he took over after them winning a Super Bowl, and they started 12-0 and and finished 14-2 and or something to that effect. I'll have to look Seaford? up. Seaford? Yeah, I think he was the other one. And, uh, and interestingly, Frank Reich started out 1-5, but then in his first year as a coach, went on a 12-game winning streak on the back end or something 
So like these guys have these weird overlaps of the Colts, these 12 game runs in their first year. Both have got head coaching experience, both offensive coordinators with Super Bowl Mm -hmm. rings. Man, this is the opposite of the Matt Rule era. Yeah, agreed. Paul, I I love it. I I love it, man. I, I mean, it's such a different feel. Like it feels like there's a reason to be optimistic with the people in this organization and that they know what they're doing and they have a vision for how they're building this team. You know, I, I love that. And like I said earlier, I think it speaks volume to uh, volume is about Frank Reich and what people around the league think about him. You I know, agree. and it gives me hope for the future too, because if these guys are who we think they are. So for example, Ajiro He's probably going to be a head coach candidate again next year. It makes me feel better about Frank Wright being able to fill these positions after losing people, seeing what he was able to do, you know, in his first year as a head coach of the Panthers. That's, that's a sign of life right there. I love it. What do we got next on the docket? Well, we're going to stick with the coaching thing, man. Deuce Staley has been made official he is the running backs coach, and get this, he is the assistant head coach of the Carolina Panthers. So it is literally the exact same role that he was in with the Detroit Lions, but now he's here with the Carolina Panthers. You know, every everybody ranted and raved about what kind of uh, uh, leadership that Detroit Lions coaching staff had most of their year. And a lot of people think that's why the Lions, you know, ended up being a, a halfway decent team down the stretch. Uh, I wanted just to play a, a clip real quick just to give you a little piece of what we're getting uh, in our guy, Deuce Staley. Why you circling me? That's what the vultures do. <laughs> they, they just keep circling. I truly love him. Yes, love. But I want to f- him up between the lines. I'm going to tell you straight up. Yeah, AG, it's start right here, baby. And, dudes, you're absolutely right. Ain't no doubt. You want something, we're going to give you something. Yeah, well, we're going to take it. We want something, we're going to give you something. Take it, yeah, give us you want. Let's go, man, compete. I'll compete him. Bill Dope. Stop the screen. Five yards Stop the screen. Oh, you want to stop the screen? Great, stop the screen. You want to talk? I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you. You should be. Yeah, stop the screen. I ain't heard you hey, all. Now you, you woke up. You forgot to tell them we're playing today. You forgot to tell them we're playing today. Yeah, y'all had a one play and now you want to talk. They look scared. So there he is, man. Deuce Taylor, you know, talk, talking a little trash, getting everybody rowdy and motivated. Um, I love the energy that he brings. He has a great pedigree. You know, he seems to be the type of guy that players interact with and identify with. Um, and since he's the running back coach, it really makes you wonder what the future of that position is for us. Do we sign Deontay Foreman to an extension? I know a lot of Panther fans really want that. A lot of people, like myself, were impressed with the continued improvement of Chuba Hubbard. Uh, so I don't know, it would be interesting to see what we do. But I think that we're better no matter what for having Deuce Staley as our running back coach. Tons of energy from Deuce Staley. I tell you this, if you watched this hard knocks at all, you couldn't help but root for the Lions this year. Yeah. 
you know, like is that everybody on that coaching staff in particular was endearing. Uh, so you go from the who's the guy that bites the kneecaps and cries all the time, uh, their head coach. You know, you don't know if he's going to be a laughing stock. You know, is he something that like is just kind of a, a funny meme guy? But no, you watch the hard knocks, you care, you learn to. I like to like him more, right? Or like respect it and feel like it was authentic. Deuce Daly and that, uh, even the defensive coordinator, they shined and look kind of how good that, well, not kind of that, how good that offense has been with really marginal talent overall, I would say. Uh, my question to you guys before we get to, uh, we're about to jump into some cat calls here. Don't forget the numbers 252-228-5098. What the hell is assisted head coach? Think about this. Pull back up the order of all those coaches, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you like the terminology. This is what he was at the last stop. You see this all over the place. But if you think of this as Reich, Reich is obviously the head coach. Uh, you think this is the next is offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. I would think in the hierarchy of coaching staffs. But they have now taken guys like Drew Staley, or a position coach, and they give him this other tag. What does that mean, Cody? Assistant head coach and running backs coach. Is that something they just tell guys to make them feel like more than a positional coach? Or is he really the assistant to Frank Reich? No, I believe that he is the he is the assistant to Frank Reich. And he is a, you know, he is essentially the second in command. I mean, that's that's what it is. If you're no, the assistant Frank head Reich, coach. Like, say he got in a car accident, heaven forbid, and he couldn't go out there. Would you expect him, to Staley, to take over head coaching responsibilities? Yes. And you know what? Based on the things that I've seen from him, I would trust him doing so. Well, you know, I, I, I think that he's that type of guy. But also, one of the things that you have to also remember about all these new hires, look how many different leaders we have. All of these guys are so respected and they're so trusted that these guys are going to get the job done. It's a next man up mentality. And, you know, I can see why maybe you would think that Jim Caldwell would do it. Him being 68, having a lot of experience, similar age to Frank Reich. Um, And by the way, you know, he's going to be a part of it, too. Like you don't just bring in Jim Caldwell for no reason at all. You know what I'm saying? He's, and like I read earlier, he's going to have a say so on offense and defense and special teams. So, you know, I, I, I really, I, I'm loving these moves. And yeah, I, I think that right now, if something were to happen to Frank Reich, Deuce Staley would probably be the guy. And then I'll pass the mic to CK. I think it'll also show how important it is for the Carolina Panthers to continue to run the ball at a high clip. And no matter what, that's going to be a big part of our future moving forward. I'm trying to see over my name. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Uh, hey, uh, hey, well, hold that thought one second. Okay. Let me just make sure that I don't miss my guy, David screws with the $2. He said, Epic staff. Keep pounding, Panther fam. Thank you, David. Go ahead, CK. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's hard to look at that and not get a smile on your face, right? Like, just seeing the the experience across the board, um, 
I mean, it's I, I, I know that we were optimistic for the most part about rule, right? But a lot of that was just optimism. Like this is right. legit excitement, right? Yeah. Like that that's what we're hoping. We're hoping. Valid. Right. right, it's more grounded. Like you could be excited when you buy a lottery ticket, right? But that has such long odds. Or you could be excited when you buy a Harley Davidson, and you know it's going to go up in value next. With year. with Matt Rule, you had to believe in something without having any idea what you were believing in. Right. Yeah. But now, now yeah. Now there's just like a, a sense of like, oh, oh, we do have a direction, right? We're not just out here getting somebody, hiring people for the sake of hiring them like it's there's connections there's there's a legit ability for these guys to develop players into superstars and i think that that's what is exciting about this i mean uh if you're looking at this and you're thinking and you're still pessimistic about the hire and you're still uh held up on the whole uh right getting the 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 nod and and all that listen i don't know what else is going to get you excited about this team if you're not yeah. looking at this thinking, you know, wow, this is a positive move. These are positive things to see uh, going in this direction. And so, um, man, I, I, again, it's it's actual excitement, not just optimism. Yeah. How many shows did we do, guys, last year? And maybe even the year before where I took you. I made you guys listen to me for hours. So, not hours, but we would pull up all that coaching staff of the Carolina Panthers this was back when people were telling me Joe Brady was going to be the next whatever. And I was like, dude, no one here has actually coached in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they don't know how to be coaches or even know football is that knowing the NFL, the rhythms of the season, what it takes to win. Those are real things. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, if we were excited about Matt Rule last year under with his walking to the he was walking the green mile, right? We all knew it. The fact that he was able to even get guys like McAdoo, Tabor, and Campin. Think about this. Tabor and Tabor and Campin are coming back. The fact that even yeah. I, those guys was surprising. Think about I'm how we, we were like, oh man, like he actually did his first thing. Call uh, at Reich. These guys are legit. Mm-hmm. This is legit, legit stuff. Not guys past their prime. And these guys, it's a good, good mix. And I tell you this, you look at those teams like the Rams or whatever, all they get the young guy. I've always told you, if you get that young, that young up and coming coach, you need a balance of people that have been there that have been there before. And you know what? Now we've got, I think our defensive coordinator brings some youth. I think Deuce Staley brings some intensity. Mm-hmm. You get Josh McCown, who could be the up and comer. And then you get the balance of guys who have been there, done that before. Right. And yeah. uh, let's go ahead. This CK yep. highlight our new member and then take us into some cat calls. After he does that, Cody, go ahead and take us into the cat calls. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, we have yet a new member of the C3 Superfan Club. Mr. Meowmeister has said, I want to join the club. I don't want to be left out. I don't want to be one of the elite members of this club. Well, kudos to you. Welcome to the club. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And then, Tony, before we jump into these cat calls, it also doesn't even look like we're done. Uh, Jordan Rodriguez, formerly of the Charlotte Observer, she works with the Rams now. 
Uh, she's putting out hearing that the Carolina Panthers intend to bring former Rams DB coach Jonathan Cooley aboard their defensive backs, st- aboard their defensive staff as a DB coach. Cooley, another young assistant, was first hired in 2020 to help Brandon Staley install their new defense and has worked with defensive backs since. Cooley and Everett co- coordinated the secondary together under Staley and Morris. So we're not <laughs> even done. Can you clear one thing up for me on this? Sure. Staley is the head coach of the Chargers now, right? Yeah, but so I believe but I, I, I believe, hearing his name associated with the Rams. So clearly he had to come from there. Because yeah, Brandon, of, Brandon Staley was the defensive coordinator for the Rams before he, he was right the after Wade Phillips. I think yeah. so. Well, no, uh, no, what was, no, what was what was the Rams, right? What was no they had uh what was, I forget his name, the black gentleman. He was the coach for the Chargers in Herbert's first year. Uh oh the uh, poor guy, the boring guy. Yeah, cool. Dude. Have, uh, another the guy Raheem Morris is with the Rams now. Yeah, I mean, they, but you know, the point being, there was there was some, and I keep hearing it. Yeah. Clearly, he was. That's all. I'm yeah, saying. yeah, 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 yeah. Staley had a has a history with these guys. Most of these guys have a history with each other, so there's some real cohesion, some some real cohesion, some real synergy. But listen, man, it's that time of the show where we let the Panther fans really tell us what's up. It's time for these cat calls. Number is 252-228-5098. Let's roll. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty sh- You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good. Like a three and a four and a who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose? Who's that kid that can use one? Panther. And you know what, guys? After just having gotten back from Ali, going to work today, getting so uh, getting so lit on Saturday night that when I woke up on Sunday morning, I forgot for about a minute or two who the Eagles quarterback was. Yeah, I was that lit, guys. Uh, watching the Super Bowl with my other blind friend, Rihanna getting run this town stuck in my head again because, God, I forgot how awesome that song was. Uh, that being an awesome game, I'm just looking forward to free agency. I mean, I know we have the Underwear Olympics coming up first, but, like, I don't watch those, dude. That's like the PE fitness test we all took and fucking hated. You know the one. <laughs> I don't watch that, you know. I like to listen to the, you know, all the podcasts, like the Around the NFL, people talk about it because, you know, yeah, some, there's some people there and you learn actually more what's going on with teams than about the freaking measurements, you know, of, of college dudes from the combine. And that's what I listen to coverage of it for, but. Anyway, not to get off on a tangent, all of these new coaches that we have, 
are really not new. I mean, these are from our old days, you know, people that have been around the league. You know, we even have Dom Capers, our first, our very first head coach. I feel like we're building something so modern, but we're also paying homage to our history at the same time, if that makes sense. Weird, isn't it? I'm really looking forward to seeing what the Panthers do in free agency, who they go after. I mean, I'm really looking forward to the nerdy parts of this offseason. I mean, except May and June, man. Fuck May and June. Those months are so boring and we're so thirsty <laughs> for football. But I just want to, you know, tell you all that. And I want to know what y'all think about what I said. Anyway, guys, I know what y'all are waiting for. Wow, wow, wow. I Fantastic agree, call. Fuck May and June. You can't eat oysters during May and June. They don't got an R in the month. There's no football. There's no oysters. But, boy, I like how we brought it together, guys. He said this. is the Panthers building something modern. I was like, what are you talking about? We got Dom Capers. We got <laughs> Frank Wright. We got Jim Caldwell. But you get in these couple of these other younger coaches, and then the idea of a young Defense manned by a team with a young quarterback. Could it happen? Could we make a young team with some seasoned core coaches? The growl that makes them how he said this. I don't want to watch the underwear Olympics. Let people like Cody Lashney do it. And I'm definitely going to do it. You know, definitely going to do it. Love me some underwear Olympics. But, you know, I, I, I love the point that he made, though. It does. You know, it's a little bit of a conundrum. We're building something new, and it feels new. And yet, at the same time, it's old as well. It's like we're paying homage to some older Panther stuff. Uh, you know, it's the best of both worlds. That's why I agree with what CK uh, was saying earlier. It's like, if you're still down on these hires right now, dude, I don't know what more you could want. Like, this is literally the best the Panthers could have done in terms of hiring coaches that we could have ever dreamed of, man. We're, we're building it the right way. We're doing it the right way. And, yeah, now most of us are thinking about free agency. And, you know, we're going to have a very young – I mean, obviously, we're going to talk about, uh, you know uh, – Oh, we've got I, some more coming up. Yeah, we got yeah, yeah, yeah. But, right, got- yeah. A name, that, or a name that rhymes with Smerrick Farr. We're going to be talking about him. But, you know, but, you know, we have Matt Corral. Uh, we might bring back a guy like P.J. Walker. We have the potential to have a very cheap quarterback room going yeah. forward. And with a guy like Scott Fitterer, I think that we have a lot of opportunities here to really build our team through free agency that we haven't really done in a while. You know, but we really don't make the big splashes when it comes to free agency. But with this new Carolina Panthers, it feels like we could very easily see some big time splashes coming up here in a month or two. We'll be excited about whatever those additions are, I'm sure. Uh, and here, look, and this is the golden call right here. I don't know what's going to I don't know what it's saying at the moment, but this call was logged at 11, 11 a.m. I'm tossing the 11s up on our as on the first day of the 11th season of the C3 Panthers podcast. I've got a good feeling 
about this call right here as we continue to get your thoughts on the Carolina Panthers' new addition, that coaching staff, and that's something special moving forward. Hey, guys, this is Chad down in Charleston calling in regarding the uh, coaching staff hires. Just up, announced we just added uh, Jim Caldwell, senior assistant. Um, and I, I just think this is an elite coaching staff. Um, I'm looking at head coach of Reich, who, who I was kind of 50-50 on, but he's going to be a top 10 to 15 head coach, I believe, in the NFL. Caldwell, Josh McCown as a quarterback coach who was – was um, considered for the Texans job two time, two years in a row, I think. Uh, James Campen, O-line, is a home run. Deuce Staley, again, to, to be determined on the offense, but another really good hire. Evero, of course. Um, Don Capers as the senior defensive assistant. Pete Hansen at linebacker and Chris Tabor at special teams. They're really elite staff. Um, go along with that, they're winners. You got these are Super Bowl trophies um, with those coaches. You yeah. got Caldwell with two. Uh, Frank Reich has a Super Bowl. Deuce Staley has one. James Campen has one. Elijah, Elijah, or I can't say the name, Jairo Evero has one. And Dom Capers has one. So they got a lot of Super Bowl experience in the coaching staff now. Um, in addition to that, um, I think it's, it's really interesting the pub that we're getting across the country. I saw Dan Orlovsky, Orlovsky, I can't say that name either, <laughs> um, you know, tweet out the Panthers staff has become one of the best or the best in the NFL. And I really think they've nailed the coaching. So it's going to come down to getting the quarterback. At the end of the day, you don't have anything if you don't have a quarterback. So, so hell of a job by by um, by our owner and by uh, Federer getting this done. Really, really elite coaching staff now in Carolina. I'm excited to see what you guys have to say. Thanks. Applaud that man. Fantastic call for an 11-11 call, man. An elite coaching staff, an elite moment at 11-11 this morning. On the 11th season, the C3 Panthers podcast. Good Lord. Ah, what a great start to the first episode as we continue to come here each and every Tuesday night. And a fantastic call. Look. The pedigree's there, guys. The championships are there. The Panthers, the players, the coaches, where the coaches have been there. And I really feel like that's so important in the moments. You know, when I come, uh, man, the kind of the moments of hardship, the moments of like getting through. Look, even the best of teams. Look, the team that won the Super Bowl this uh, this year comes in as dogs, which is crazy. Uh, but Pat Mahomes, you know, the MVP of the league, the first guy to win MVP in nine straight MVPs who have been in the Super Bowl and actually win the Super Bowl, right? But they came in there with hardship, with adversity. You know, think about this. You made, you had the best offense all season long. You're the best team, arguably, in football all season long, but even in the moment where you are all prepped for, you hit challenges. Yeah. And being there, knowing how to weather those storms, I tell you, that's one thing I respected about Ron Rivera. For so long, uh, when Ron Rivera in his first couple of years, we were struggled in his first two years. 
we had kind of two a uh, little overinflated uh expectations this second year and we learned we had a shit defense. But I tell you this is I used to get mad when I was when I didn't know Ron Rivera that he wasn't throwing a clipboard, that he wasn't grabbing guys by the face, that he what you know what I'm saying is just old stoic Ron over there. But I tell you this is the best quality of Ron Rivera all those years was in those hardships and adversity moments and those challenges that he didn't waver and it commanded confidence from his players at times. And what I'm saying is being there, having been there before, it it steadies the ship. It steadies the ship, and the Carolina Panthers have a coaching staff that has not only been there before, but is qualified, competent, and has got a very good track record. Very good record. Uh, and uh, I liked one of the someone put in the chat that Andy Reid is 66 years old and Frank Reich is 62. So, hey, man, you know, they, they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I think we've got an old dog who's coming in with some old tricks, but who's put some young dogs around him to help him continue to further innovate. Um, I'm still going to be interested to see what the Panthers do at the offensive coordinator position. I'm going to be honest with you, and I know everybody might agree or disagree. I would still love to have Eric Bianetti. Oh, my gosh. As Stop the offensive Now we're not even talking about head coach anymore. Now you're going to tell me that he can't be the offensive coordinator. You think he's going to leave Kansas City to come to Carolina to be the offensive coordinator? How about this, Greg? If he wants to be a head coach somewhere else, he yeah, damn he's well better. Get out from underneath he, Andy well he has to get out from under Andy Reid if anyone's ever going to take him seriously. And looking at what the Panthers have done in just the past couple of days and weeks, why are we thinking that Eric Bieniemy wouldn't fit in here? I think like, he's trying to go to the commander. I think the commanders are trying to land him, guys. But here, <laughs> I'm just so tired of the Bieniemy stuff. Is like, good. I hope he's great. And this is, but everybody's acting like it's this greatest travesty in the history of the world. They don't even show him on the TV. We no, know that that is Andy Reid's. The I don't even think that's true. Is Andy Reid? No, they don't even like. We don't even. He almost don't even know he's on the team. They said that the adjustments that they made after halftime were directly called by Eric Bieniemy himself. But I, I, he, I, I'm not denying Bieniemy has, has something to do with it. Good in the first half, because I Look, thought it was fine. They why had does, a ten. They had a ten point deficit going into halftime. I think. But why does every player, as soon as they ask why the success or why you have the success or what's so great about this team, they always bring up Andy Reid? Like I, I get it. I'm not saying Bieniemy's not doing things. I don't think. He, I think he is doing. He's stuff. a mastermind. He's doing well. Yeah, I he's, think they the, say he's the mastermind. I think the other thing, guys, about the Andy Reid, and I'm not trying to dump. I mean, maybe I am inadvertently or uh, dumping on Bieniemy. Uh, maybe I'm trying to praise Reid more in this process, but. While Reed is, what'd you say, 67? I thought Frank Wright was only 60. So if he's 64, he's a little bit older. But it's not the age. Think of how long Andy Reed has been a head coach in this league. Right. And how much success he's had. Yeah. Talk about this. Is he's a guy. If you put one more Super Bowl on that guy, like we should be talking about him ahead of Belichick. If, if he gets in a way. Yeah, there's a possibility he's he's up there. Well, if he gets one more, he's definitely in consideration for one of the greatest of all time. If he gets two more, I think there's no way you can deny it. What would he have to do to eclipse the um, 
kind of the name of Bill Belichick. Well, Belichick has what six rings? He's not with Tom. Is it six? Yeah, six. Does Tom have Tom seven has... or six total? Tom has seven. Six in New England. One so you're saying Andy Reid cannot eclipse Bill Belichick? He's going to retire before he has an opportunity. Uh, that's a good point. That's a good point. I didn't think about the age thing. I think if he was younger, he could. But well, yeah, that's a really good like point. He's 70s, dude. Yeah, but he won all those sure, Super Bowls but, when he was younger. Sure, but you've got to keep in mind, Andy Reid isn't going to win the next five Super Bowls in a row. What if he wins two more? He's in the conversation, but you can't beat six. But you, can you put in the the championship, the AFC, the NFC, taking three t- two teams to three straight NFC? You know, to, he did the, the Eagles three in a row. How many times has Bill Belichick gone to the AFC championship? Different quarterbacks. Like, could you? I mean, we. I think it's yeah. honestly an argument um, against Andy Reid. Is that he was never able to get any get to the dance and win it until he got the greatest quarterback in the league. You know what I mean? But like, he also picked that quarterback. Right. He picked that but, guy when nobody else saw him. But the the part of it, the the, the point that I'm making is, is Bill Belichick has been dominant as Brady. a head coach. That's, he's only one, right? He's no, only he's one. only been with Brady. He's been fired. He was with the Jet. Like, he was with other teams. He got fired for the Browns. It was not – he's not only had success. He's only – Ridden As a head coach, he's been only successful only with for the Tom most Brady. Part. Only and, with and, Tom Brady, though. Here's the thing: is is Andy Reid has only been a Super Bowl winning uh, head coach with Patrick Mahomes. But he's sure. been to the Super Bowl without Patrick Mahomes. He went been, one he, more, than, more than Belichick did without without Brady. He went with McNabb. He went with McNabb. He went with uh, was that it? Was that the only one? That's yeah, the only one. Yeah. And then that's still one more than Bill Belichick. I wonder if he was on that staff when, but, but no, it still is like he's done. He's been to the Super Bowl with two different teams. It may be Bill Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick was on the Giants, but I don't. He was not the head coach. You know what I'm saying? The one thing is this is with Reed. How about this, guys? And you're right. Is I think everybody's got good points on this. What if Reed would have lost this game though? Not Reed, but say the Chiefs would have lost this game. How much would that have gone to your to that narrative, Cody uh, CK? Like you're saying, is that like we would imagine what Philly would be saying? Is this is oh, if they didn't have Mahomes, he would be nothing. Period. Right. And it, but he went back to his stomping ground. The big game. The storylines were there, bro. Andy yeah. Reid is this central, and the fact that they won was very important for his legacy. Uh, oh. White Chocolate Espresso chimes in. Four NFC Championship games, uh, four NFC Championship game appearances, and one Super Bowl with the Eagles. So, and then he's had four. He went three back to back with the Chiefs again at home. Like they've been dominant. They've had the, the, the past, the past, Alex Smith, five years. The past five years. The past five years, the AFC Championship game has taken place in Arrowhead. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. The last five years, five the years. last five years, mm-hmm. the AFC Incredible. Championship game has been in Arrowhead. I think if crazy. he if he gets two more rings, say He's that. Say he gets two more rings is I, I think agree. is like 
I'll be ready to say he's better than Belichick now. No, you cannot. Two more. No, I think, yeah, I will. I will say well, this. It's, he's had a bro. better career, less Super Bowls, but a more accomplished career. So, CK, are you are you saying I'm, – I'm assuming by this you mean you're saying Bill Belichick is the greatest of all time. Is that where you're putting him at? No. I am putting him in the category of greatest of all time because okay. he's won six Super Bowls. I get that. I'm, yeah, I'm not arguing that. So I'm just trying to get the hierarchy here because I, I think that I can agree with you. I don't know if he could pass Belichick with two more, but he's definitely in the conversation of two or three. Like he's up there in the top five if he wins two more Super Bowls. How about this? I'm picking, I, I'm, picking, I'm picking a prime Andy Reid before I pick a prime Bill Belichick. I agree. It's just what do you want? Better offense, better defense. That depends on what. Yeah, time and you, I what, think what, that like also Andy Reid carries that tag of offensive mastermind. Mm-hmm. And let's be real, like right now, the Kansas City Chiefs are the standard. Everybody is trying to build their own Kansas City mm-hmm. with a dynamic, super talented quarterback with a head coach that they're able to pair him with and call plays and be innovative on offense, spread the ball around. And right now we're in the Chiefs era. So everybody is trying to build what the Chiefs are building right now. And you have to give Andy Reid the credit for that. And while I agree with CK right now that Bill Belichick, you have to give him the nod. Mm-hmm. I'm on Tony's side, man. If they go for the next two or three years just kicking ass, oh, I think you have to have the discussion. Totally. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's interesting, though. It's like, let's be – we're going to call Andy Reid a offensive mastermind. We do got to call Belichick a defensive mastermind. Yep. Bill Belichick knows how to take the best thing away from you every time. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and honestly, I think that that's while he did have Brady, he's made a lot out of his teams. Like he put Brady in good positions for success with those defenses. You know, the thing about Belichick, though, is that. It's a questionable track record as being a GM. He's like not bad, but not great. And it's like, gosh, if he didn't have Brady, he would be a nobody. Yeah. I, I remember you know, like, remember when we were debating uh Sean Payton and Mike McCarthy and like comparing their resumes, one had Brady's, one had Rogers. And you know, Greg took some flack for saying, Well, Sean Payton had a Hall of Fame Drew Brees for most of that time. Mm-hmm. Well, I think with Bill Belichick, you kind of have to do the same thing with Tom Brady, don't you? Mm-hmm. Like now everybody's kind of re- revisiting the Belichick era without Tom Brady. And it's just not, well, I, I, well, don't, I don't think it adds up. The only difference there is Bill Belichick has six rings. Sean Payton has what one? Oh yeah. That's the, that's yeah. the difference there. So like well, we should, if you think that Payton is a hall of fame coach, then Andy Reid, like you can't even hold Andy Reid's jockstrap. Well, I don't think we were questioning Hall of Fame. I think we were questioning yeah, but, like top three greatest of all time. Right. right? But like, yeah, I mean, no. these guys are of a different echelon. Who echelon. was the coach of the 49ers when Montana was the quarterback? Was not Shula, was it? I think, yeah, I think it was. No, yeah, it was. Uh, so who are that? I mean, that like we're talking Bill Parcells, you're talking Lombardi. You're talking Shula, right? Because then, who was the other one? Is Cape Cower. Was... Cower. Mm, I Don, Shula, Don Shula was the undefeated Dolphins. Yeah, Don Ooh. Shula was the uh, okay. undefeated uh, Dolphins. Yep. Yeah. Okay. 
Interesting. How about this? Is let's go into the next call. Chat, get in the uh chat, help us out. Uh call in at 252-228. Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh. Uh pull up. Top two, three, two, 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 eight, fifty, ninety-eight. Let us know who you guys think the top coaches of all time were uh, in kind of that discussion. And uh, let us know what you think about this Carolina Panthers coaching staff. And right after this call, we're talking Derek Carr, a, a future Carolina Panther. Maybe yeah. the odds are on. I don't think we can afford it. Let's go to the next call. I just wanted to say that can you imagine what a great situation the Panthers coaching staff is in to take care of a young quarterback with Caldwell, Reich, Josh McCown. I feel very comfortable with a rookie quarterback coming in here, being in the best hands he could possibly be in in the entire NFL. It makes me also realize that we probably shouldn't be looking at somebody like Derek Carr. We should take our lumps with Matt Corral and a rookie and develop for the future and save all that cap and what we'd have to spend on car. Because this coaching staff is built to cater to a young quarterback. Love the show. Thank you, guys. What an incredible call and an incredible segment. Love it. Hey, that guy, uh, he, uh, I think he knows the keys to my heart. Because that's kind of what I've been saying, man. But, but he's uh, like really speaking the language of what this show is trying to yeah. move on to. We're going to be talking about this Derek Carr stuff. We're going to be talking about this coaching staff. He brings up a great point with the cap situation. And I don't know if we have enough money. There might not be enough patron saints in the world. But there are on this show, Cody Lashney. Oh, yeah, there is. And you already know him and love him. It's our guy, Michael Davis, with the $35 love bomb. He didn't even send a message, man. He just wanted to show his love and support for the C3 Panthers podcast. Michael, you're certified the man, brother. I saw a tweet the other day from overthecap.com. I think it was... Um, hold on. This is his name. He's been on the show before. He's awesome. Over the cap is better than spot rack. I mean, it's legit. Um... He put up this tweet. He said if the New Orleans Saints cut every player on their team, they would still be over the cap. (laughs) Like, I mean, that's what he said. He said if they cut every single player on their team, they would be over the cap. And then that I know is the voodoo shit, man. The voodoo, man. I'm telling you. It's coming. It's coming. Every year. That's what I told her. show you that it doesn't fucking matter, man. Look it's at the only Saints. the Saints that do this, though. It's only the Saints that really go like this. Is we're forty two under, and then we're going to get the top free agents this year. I, I bet you Philadelphia will do it this year. They'll find a way to retain all them free agents if they feel That's, like they can. It doesn't the matter. These guys can't. They're already uh, anyway. There's is much kid. different there, though. Like they have to re-sign all of these people, and they're going to be garnering top dollar, right? The, the difference that, that New Orleans was doing is they were just restructuring everybody else, right, to get under the cap. They have, they're going to be losing a lot of pieces and have the cap issue that they're going to have. Um, it's going to be tough. New Orleans, the problem is, like, everybody th- thinks it, it is going to come to a head with New Orleans right now. That's what we said five years ago. No, here's that. the difference right now. You have nobody who's going to be willing to take a team-friendly deal right now. They do not have a quarterback. 
Like when you had Drew Brees, you had people willing to restructure because they wanted to win, right? You're not going to have that right now. You're not having the benefit of of the benefit of the doubt that they're going to get. Dennis Allen has a horrible record as a head coach. I said it when they hired him as New Orleans head coach. This is a bad move by them. If you look at his history as a head coach, it's horrendous, right? Um, and so that's going to continue with New Orleans. They're not going to get the benefit of restructuring guys and taking pay cuts and all of these things. They're not going to get the free agents that they once did because they don't have a quarterback that's taking them to the promised land. You can sign Derek Carr or you want. He's not bringing people over. Just like when you see what happened in in, in Las Vegas, like they got Devontae Adams and he got worse. Um, let's talk about uh, old Derek Carr. I heard the news today was is that Derek Carr was going to be released by uh, the Oakland Raiders. Not the Oakland, the Las Vegas Raiders, excuse me. And uh, it really doesn't... Uh, it doesn't surprise me at any of this is that I um, have been open to the idea of Derek Carr for a year or two deal with uh, drafting a quarterback in the first round this year, or maybe even the hooker guy and then hooker in the second round and having a plan of replacement where if he gets hurt that you're bringing the young buck. Uh, but Derek Carr was, if, if they did not release him, he was going to be, He's going to go forty million guaranteed against their cap this year. The reason they benched him was not because ultimately they thought that they had a better chance of winning without him, but they were worried that he actually would get if he got hurt, then they would they would kick in all this money and his contract would kick in. So if he like broke his leg on their watch, they would have to pay all this shit anyway, right? I thought us, oh, man, let's give a fifth or something up for this. But he was going to be paid $32 million. Guaranteed. Like, next year, he would cost any team that traded for them, for him, $32 million at the minimum and a draft pick. So Derek Carr has had a the, – the, the ending with the Raiders has not been pleasant for any party involved. You can watch uh, former Carolina Panther David Carr talk about this and very publicly on Twitter. I mean, Carr's going to make some money. He's going to make right here. I think he's going to get like 20 or something of this number. I wonder what he got. Uh, he's going to get the rest of his guaranteed money. And now he gets to sign a free agent contract. Mm -hmm. But I don't know how cheap he would actually be, period. Wouldn't be. Like, even if he took a good deal, right? A one-year deal that was a friendly number for the Carolina Panthers. That but, would probably be $25 million. Yeah. But and I, I'm interested. A friendly deal. So I'm interested to hear why CK thinks he would be expensive, but I do want to commend Derek Carr a little bit first, because to me, this kind of says to me that he understands how much money that he would have uh, that he would have costed, and it got to kill two birds with one stone. He got to say a big f you to the organization that was letting him go by saying, "Hey, I'm not going to waive my no trade clause for any of the teams that you would trade me to. Right. You're going to have to cut me." Basically, forcing the Raiders' hands to to do this, and also. It's to the benefit of whatever team signs him because now that team isn't having to give up so much money right. and and draft picks 
to be able to go and get him. So kudos to Derek Carr. CK, why do you think he's going to be expensive? And what do you think the length of the contract would even be for Derek Carr? I don't think he goes for anything less than three years. Um, And that's not a long-term contract, but in the eyes of what we're trying to do here in Carolina, that's not a feasible uh, way to do that. Um, Derek Carr is not going to take a giant pay cut. You know, we're, we're the reality is he's, he's, he's getting a pay. Yes. He's got some guaranteed money. Um, He's going to look at the fact that he waived his no trade clause as an asset for any team that he, he, you know, picks up because he's going to save them not only money, but he saved them draft picks. So he's not going to take that much of a discount. Like people think he is. He's, he's going to get paid like a top 15 quarterback in the league. Like that's just the reality of it. Um, do I think he's up there? I think he's a he's an average, slightly above average quarterback. Certainly better than anything we've seen in the past. But he's 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 not an elite quarterback in this league from what we've seen outside of maybe one good year, um, and that was it. And that's with every possible piece you could have around him, like Darren Waller. You had uh, Josh Jacobs. You had Devontae Adams. You had Hunter Renfro. Like the dude was not starving for weapons. Um, so the idea that that this dude wasn't given an opportunity is absolute lunacy. I'm not willing to put the money that he's going to be garnering. And you know the Saints, you're somebody's going to pay it because there's so many quarterback hungry teams that are are looking for somebody to fill that role. Yeah, I I gotta agree with you there, CK. As far as your your uh, judgment of Derek Carr, well, I think he's a above average quarterback. I don't think he's an elite quarterback. I think he's a guy you can put the right talent around him and maybe make it work if you have the right coaching. Uh, when I was looking at his stats, like the coaches we got, yeah, exactly. Well, I was looking at his stats, and he's he's never had a season with less than thirty two hundred passing yards. He's never had one with more than forty three. He's never thrown for uh, less than twenty touchdowns. He's never thrown for more than thirty. Or like 33, I think was his highest. Uh, he's never thrown for less than like seven or eight interceptions, and he's never thrown more than 15. So he's he's right there. You know, his completion percentage is 68%, 65%, something like that. So I mean, it's he's that guy. I think that if in the right situation, you can work with him. But I don't know if he's a guy you want to build a franchise around. No, I totally don't want to build it. This is funny. The uh, why big Jordan said straight carbage, carbage, <laughs> carbage, garbage. Um. I think this is the only thing is like if whatever young quarterback you're going to get next year, whether they're starting or not, we're you know, they're probably going to have a limited ceiling. You would guess for just that season. Sure. Um, you could still get that guy and get car and probably have a better season with an opportunity of grooming someone. I just think this is what did Frank Reich do with Philip Rivers? Yeah, and Philip Rivers, who was toast, man. Philip Rivers was less his physical uh, abilities at that time were far less than anywhere close to his peak. You know what I'm saying? Like no one's looking at Carr and go, he can't throw the ball no more. Philip Rivers had a hard time getting the ball downfield, and they still had of the best off. You know, man, was Reich and Philip Rivers were a good combo. So I think this is. Let me just put it this way is that I understand that people are hesitant about another mid-tier name, another, the word that no one wants to hear, Bridge, right? Because we remember Teddy Bridgewater. We remember now the Sam Darnold 
and uh, Baker Mayfield bridge, bridge type player where nobody thinks they're the future, but you might be able to win some games with them. And this just eerily reminds you of that. Yeah. But the difference being is, is this coaching staff is far more qualified to Mm -hmm. coach players like that is imagine what Frank, like if that's what we did with Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Darnold, they would, does anybody think that they would do less with Teddy Bridgewater than what we did with them? No, I think we would be better. Put this coaching staff with those players better. Sam Darnold, this coaching staff with those players better. So why not just keep Sam Darnold then? That actually isn't the worst idea. <laughs> I mean, honestly, hey, I was saying that, that, dude. I, yeah, I was, I was saying that since the it end would of be the cheaper. Season. It would be way it too, would, it would be way too expensive. He's gonna cost thirty million dollars. But I think Carr's a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. All right, I would, I not, agree not, not not like yeah. insanely better, but he's a better. Sure, quarterback he's he's shown more consistency at, at at his craft. He's considered above average, where you know Sam Darnold is considered bottom tier. Um, you know, and he needs, he has a lot of work to be made up, but the best case scenario for our, our situation right now is not to go and sign a three-year deal for Carr, be right back in the back of the, back in the Teddy Bridgewater situation. Even if he plays reasonably well, right, we're still in a situation where we're going to have to get a quarterback to come in after him. And so if, if it makes sense to go with a guy like Sam Darnold and, uh, either draft a guy or Brissett, or no, yeah, who is no Brissett, Brissett or yeah, yeah Brissett is another option. Kobe Brissett, or can I also just say that almost as soon as the news hit that the Raiders were releasing him, the Panthers opened up as the odds on favorite that to is land. The irritating part. Let's talk right. about that then is whether or not we're right or wrong in our assessment. The odds favorite, the betting community and the names. I saw another one is that look is that uh it was like the Saints and the Panthers expected to be heavy. Yeah. Courtiers or whatever, a quarters of this. But my point is we the entire I, NFC all are South. on the same page honestly is that Car is an upgrade, uh, uh, like apples to apples on a quarterback, but is the money and the belief set is not really an upgrade. It's just kind of barely. It's just lateral, well, if anything. Well, well, look. The, ha, let, let's say this: if you're a Panther fan, there's no way that you're getting super excited about Derek Carr because oh, no right. matter no matter what you believe about Derek Carr. There's it's absolutely impossible for Panther fans to see this as anything else than the Panthers doing what they've already done the past three years in a row to miserable effect, yeah. you know. And the fact that Derek Carr, you know, he just doesn't have an extensive record in the playoffs, he, he doesn't have uh, he's not very mobile, the dude is an absolute statue. Yeah, I mean, he's 0-1 in the playoffs. He's a four-time Pro Bowler. I will say, if anybody watched the Pro Bowl games this year... He was the the, most skilled. Yeah, dude, he had the highest number of points. He was throwing dots. And I'm going to be real with you. You Mm. know why else, I think? Uh, Derek, or we're the number one option to land Derek Carr. They're both Christians. And I'm talking 
What's that not mean? just not not just Christian, but Frank Reich and Derek Carr, like their entire life is about Jesus and the Lord and Christianity and stuff like that. Derek Carr has oh, like stop. given no, I'm telling you, man. Derek, Derek Carr hasn't given sermons Phillip before. Philip Rivers too. Philip Rivers Frank Frank Reich went to seminary here in Charlotte. Like they're gonna bond over what they're trying to build, and they're gonna bond over the fact that they love the Lord, man. So and you might both put, you coming might, off of like yeah. down years, right? They're both coming. They're they're on this um this arc of of downward trajectory, and they're hoping to have that emergence from the ashes, if you will. Um, So I think that they could find some, maybe uh, some, some, I I agree with Cody on that front. I just, I don't know that the organization, I I don't know that David Tepper would deal with having another quarterback. That's going to be a short-term fix. What about this? Yeah. And Tony already uh, kind of alluded to it. Now, if you did sign Derek Carr, it doesn't mean that you're precluded from drafting a quarterback at no, you nine. have to. You have to. You don't have a choice. You have right. to. No, I don't say it's as urgent mistake. as you have to. No, but it's that's still the an option. That he made in Indy. It's the right. mistake he made in Indy. But they have Matt Corral. If you have if you have Derek Carr and you have Matt Corral. And if you're able to sign PJ Walker, which by the way, Frank Reich does have a history with PJ Walker. Who cares? You, you, you're not, this is all this is all I'm saying. If they made the choice at that point that they want to use a short contract with Derek Carr to provide a buffer zone for the quarterback they draft at nine to learn, to grow, to continue to get better. They might find that a reasonable option moving forward. The problem is you're pretty much choosing between Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, and Hendon Hooker at that point in time. Because Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, they're not gonna fall to number nine. It don't so, matter. We don't really have that ammunition to go up and get them anyway. Let's just be honest. Moving into one and two when other teams want to do that. Is probably we are the team that is not suited with cap, with pick, with all of this to really aggressively get that much higher than we're at. So I tell you this if you bring in Derek Carr and you don't get a quarterback and you don't get the next plan, that's the failure of that's a repeating of everything that's happened here prior to Reich getting here and the problems that happen with Reich in Indianapolis. The inability of him, once luck was gone, to then they found these quarterbacks where you get the Phillip Rivers, then you try to run it back, and then not happening, then Brissett, and then Frank Reich had a, mi- a swing and a miss with Carson Wentz. Yeah, He can't have two swings and misses. Nope. You know what I'm saying? Like, So if you bring in Carr and he turns out to be a, just another version yeah, of Carson Wentz, he had a swing and a miss. trade for him. He had a swing and a miss with Carr. I mean, with uh, Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan. There you go. Even better. A third. It's a strikeout. You have to bring in any quarterback that you bring in as a bridge. You have to have a future plan. And if not, you should be just tanking. Not tanking, but you know what I'm saying? Looking for that quarterback going forward. There is no way the Carolina Panthers 
rinse and repeat what happened with Teddy Bridgewater. Can't do it. Well, right? I mean, if you bring in Derek Carr, you draft one of those guys, Hinton Hooker in the second, you say, this is our guy in a year. So, so look, white chocolate with the 999 love bomb. Uh, he's defending Derek Carr. He's saying Carr has always been consistent. Uh, he's always had consistent years. Uh, he's never had ups and downs. Oh, my bad. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Uh, he's never had uh, ups and downs like Baker. He's not god awful like Donald. He's been, he's in, like, Donald has been his entire career. He had the worst defense since he came in the league. I'm assuming he meant last year. Um, and look, to kind of play devil's advocate here, I mean, has Derek Carr had one quarterback and, and, uh, or with the Raiders for longer than a year or two? Cause I one feel year. like they're, the, I mean, has, has Derek Carr had, a head coach with the Raiders for more than a year or two. Yeah. Who? Uh, I mean, I think uh, the first part of his career. I mean, it, it was it was pretty consistent. He's and then nine years, yeah. And and, well, uh, and then he yeah. had, um, um, you know, what's his face, uh, Gruden. He was there for at least three, I think. So Trey Burnett in the chat says, uh, "Tony Sperano or Tony Sperano, Jack Del Rio." John Gruden, Rich Basaccia, and one year with McDaniels. And he's been in the year since, I think, 2013, I believe. So he hasn't had a lot of consistency. I'll say this, man. I feel a lot better about Derek Carr than I do, or than I did Baker Mayfield at this time last year. But I still don't feel great about it if we're going to sign him to some mega contract right. and, and, and commit to him being the future. Even if it's not of, a mega the Carolina Panthers, Cody. Even if it's not a mega contract, though, this is the thing: is that um, we can shit all we want on Baker Mayfield and say, um, uh, but Baker Mayfield costs like four dollars. Yeah, you know he really didn't cost the Panthers anything. He took like they he basically paid himself like five. It was five million dollars. The thing is, is this, is that Carr is just going to get starting money. And you have a, is that you either, this is the way it's going to work. You either pay a lot for one year or you pay too much for two years. Mm -hmm. So like what he's really going to want to do is say this. If I take a one year deal, it's got to be, I need to hear a three up in there. 30 million I'll take a two-year deal where I to pay where you pay me twenty-five million over two, and maybe I walk out with forty-five or forty guaranteed. But you don't think that Derek Carr right now is going to command less than twenty-five million dollars on a one-year deal? That's he's a not lot. Of do money. a one-year deal, but isn't he getting paid thirty-two already from? No, no, no. Like, well, actually, I'll pull up his contract. Yeah, I'll say, start getting paid. That that could go go into what he, yeah, that could go into what he he wants to ask for. Because, I mean, if he's already making, like, I get what you're saying, but if he's looking at this and he sees the situation as maybe I can go here, make a name for myself for one year, and then go somewhere else because he knows we're going to draft a quarterback or we're using him as a bridge, maybe he would come in on a team friendly deal if he's getting 32 million from the Raiders, you know, come in on a $20 million one year deal, 25 even. I don't see why. All right, it would be so impossible. Derek Carr, 
and his brother played for the Panthers too. And we're doing this thing of like new Panthers, old Panthers. You know, I could easily, he's the type of person that I could easily see being on the Carolina Panthers. Like he feels like a Carolina Panther type of player. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, I got a poll up in the chat asking, would you rather sign, who would you rather sign to bridge, Derek Carr or Sam Darnold? And right now it's 55% Carr and 45% Darnold. That's honestly a bit surprising that Darnold is that high. The chat's, the chat's pulling strong for Darnold right here. I think Darnold could do well with a, with a, the offense like this. I'm, I, again, he's had so many opportunities, uh, and maybe that's to his downfall um, to, to show what, what he's able to do. Um, I don't know that like that they would just be unfair almost at this point to put him in a new offense and grade him based off what he does this year, even because it's just, that's his entire career is just new head coach, new offensive coordinator. Like it just seems to be year over year for him. Uh, the look, it says his contract was, uh, I wonder just how much was accelerated here. That's a that's a good question. We're gonna have to do some more work on this. Forty point four million dollars he's gonna get paid from the Raiders next year. No, that's if they wouldn't have cut him. It, it says he has he might, the Raiders. Oh, no. no, the Raiders would have owed him. You're right. Forty point four million guaranteed if you remain on the roster. Uh, dead salary could be five point six. What's the dead cap number? Five point six million. So that's all they owe him is five more million. Then well, he might take twenty five then. He might, but why would he? He doesn't need to. Look at this number. I like this. This is a little misleading, this this lot of story right here. Michael Thomas's cap hit in 2024 would be $59 million. <laughs> uh, they would pay him, I think it's like $14 million this year or something like that, or, and, uh, or they cut him and have to suck up all this dead money. Anyway, um, shame, shame on... Shame, shame on those saints for that voodoo magic they do. And shame, shame. Shame, um, shame. Yep. Yeah, so speaking of shame, uh, we have oh, yeah. a bunch of people in the chat, a strong number of people in the chat, and they love to talk Panther football. Everybody knows that. But more importantly, they're here. For the voice that makes the moist talk to him, Big Papa. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's been way too long since I've done one of these. I'm talking to you. Yes, you can feel my voice inside your heart right now. You've come here to talk about the Carolina Panthers, the improvements made on the coaching staff, the future quarterback of the Panthers. You've come to chat about it in the chat here maybe you're just listening on the uh, podcast offline or off the live stream and if you are and you haven't hit that like button haven't hit that uh thumbs up whatever it is that you need to do i have one thing to say to all you absolute freaks subscriber shame One hundred and eighty-three viewers, eighty-eight thumbs up. Hit that like, hit that subscribe, hit that notification bell to make sure that we whoop up on the ass of the YouTube algorithm and get seen by as many Panther fans 
as possible. We appreciate every single one of you that we see in the chat week in, week out. C3 all year round, baby. We don't go nowhere. Tony, let's get to some more cat calls. I just wanted to say that can you imagine what a great situation the Panthers coaching staff is in to take care of a young quarterback with Caldwell, Reich. Oh, we already heard this one, did we? Josh McCown. I feel very mm-hmm. comfortable mm-hmm. with a rookie quarterback coming in here. No. Being in the best hands he could possibly be in in the entire NFL. It makes me also realize that we probably shouldn't be looking at somebody like Derek Carr. Yeah, we, we should take our lumps with Matt Corral and a rookie. That was the last one we heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's okay. what we heard. Okay. Let's go to the next call. And then we need to talk about Josh McCown, our new um, – quarterbacks coach and I'll his love it. for cj stroud the number is 252-228-5098 be cooler than tony who plays the same call twice call into our show once tonight <laughs> let us know how you think hey guys it's a girl that made some howl again aka joey's a blind panther and you guys were talking about Derek carr bridge quarterback and what frank reich was able to do with bill rivers what in the hell makes you think Frank Reich is going to settle for another bridge quarterback knowing that that's what got his ass fired from Indy because Chris Ballard, all he wanted were bridge quarterbacks. He thought he could make it work with retreads. What, what makes you think Frank Reich is going to go along with that? And I know he probably doesn't have the – I know well, I know he definitely doesn't have the control that Matt Rule had over the roster. Well, you know he's telling Scott Fitterer. If Scott Fitterer is telling him anything about getting Derek Carr, you know Frank Reich is telling that guy to eat shit. Because he, he, I don't think he wants a repeat of that. Matter of fact, I know he doesn't. Now, why would we do that to Frank Reich? You know, why would we do that? I, it's just a question. And I know not all of y'all want Carr, but that's, I want to ask that to the people you know, as a whole, to Panther Nation. Think about that. For those of y'all who say, oh, bridge quarterback, who, who for y'all who are insane and want to try the same shit and expect something different, think about that. Anyway, guys. Wow, wow, wow. I think this is uh... my bad. I was muted. I said I disagree with Joey on that one. I think that Frank Reich would probably pretty big on the side of Derek Carr. Yeah. Like I'm telling you, man. Like Tony laughs at it, but dude, they both no, love yeah, the board, laugh man. At first, I don't want to hear that. First, listen, to this flip floppity motherfucker over here. <laughs> Anybody flip floppity? Oh no, no, hold up. Go back and check the tape. I'm going to do that little progressive flag, challenge flag, or whatever they may be doing on those insurance commercials. Remember when I was all hype about Jim Caldwell? And it came up. Not feeling this. Now we got Frank Rank and Jim Caldwell. I'm like, my man, I'm all hope. And then I'd be like, oh, Derek Carr. Have I not been saying Derek Carr, Derek Carr here? For about a month now. 
Yeah. And not that I'm, I'm just dying for him, but I could see the fit. I could see a guy that could be better in a better situation, a team that could benefit from him. We would be improved with him. Somebody put in the chat is that Derek Carr and on this team. Oh, this is thinking about this is that we might, we have arguably the best coach and not arguably, I'd say the most proven coaching staff in the entire NFC South right now. The best coaching yep. staff. We haven't seen them in action for the Carolina Panthers yet, but they're the most accomplished coaching staff in the entire division at this point. So there's like a little, like where I'm ready to put our staff against somebody else's staff. You put Derek Carr on this team is that like you have to believe you're the odds on favorite to win the division. You have to believe that. And so I can see it, but I just can firmly believe as someone who as seemingly I've kind of cooled to the ter- Derek Carr idea just because of how much money it's going to cost. And I don't want it to string out longer than I want it to be. I would, I'd rather pay this. Let me put it this way. I'd rather pay Derek Carr $30 million for one year than I would pay him $45 million over two years. And then say this, Derek Carr this year, and that's it. We're drafting this. Like the next, there's another iteration after this season. Unless Derek Carr goes out there and wins 14 games with the Panthers. And then you're like, well, then we we have a good problem. That's yeah. my feeling. I mean, like, I mean, there's, I does, mean, does, we can we even afford thirty five million dollars on a quarterback for one year? No, and uh, I mean, I think he. Li- I don't even know if we're in the running for that. But also remember Frank Rack's introductory press conference. He talked about the importance of mobility, and and, and what that means for a modern NFL offense. It, it to me, it just That's long Derek, term though. Derek, That's Derek long Hart, term. Derek Carr doesn't not only does he not fit that bill, but you're also, you know, you're limiting what we can do from a red zone perspective. I'm a firm believer that the quarterback runs needs to be a threat when you're in the red zone. Like I, I'm I'm a I'm a believer of Man, that. Yeah, in the long term build. In a long term build. Yes. And uh like if we're designing a player in a team, but you don't get to design that every year. Right. Let me ask you this. I'm going to start with CK. Okay. Go to Greg and we'll finish with Cody on this. What's more risky for Frank Reich? Getting a, another veteran quarterback like a Derek Carr. So like, uh, and I'll start with CK on this because you mentioned, we said for set to, who was it to Wentz to now Ryan, right? Or went, um, yeah, it was Wentz to Ryan. This would be the third, right? A swing and a miss on that type of what's more risky, a swing and a miss on a veteran quarterback or him weathering the storm with a younger guy and you might not have the best results mm-hmm. in your first year. What's more risky for the way we look at Frank Reich in that first season? I mean, I think it's way more risky to bet on a veteran guy and it's not work out again because then there's a pattern. But is the floor higher? 
Uh, yeah, the floor would be higher with a Derek Carr, but I think that uh, I think that a rookie not working out or maybe not. I mean, that's something that he's going to have a lot more time with a rookie, right? We're going to give him a lot more forgiveness on on drafting a CJ Stroud and CJ Stroud just coming out and struggling a little bit, right? Right. Um, Do you think you start him from day one? I don't know, honestly. Um, I I. I want to say yes, but there's been so much success for these quarterbacks sitting a year um, that that's just it's hard to ignore that. And I mean, you've even had uh, you've even had Patrick Mahomes say that he you know wouldn't have been the he wouldn't have been nearly as ready as he was if he hadn't sat for that year. Um, Who's the last one, CK, that has not sat and been successful, Burrow? Allen, Allen, did Allen say? Herbert, Allen Herbert sort of Trevor said. Lawrence. No, uh, Allen, 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 Hooker, or Herbert didn't sit. They all played. They played their rookie year, but they they Herbert. sat at the beginning. Yeah, I think Trevor Lawrence too. I throw him in there. I feel like he's been. Pretty oh, he's struggling. Yeah, he's but the difference. Type. But what what Patrick Mahomes said was he would have taken a lot longer to develop. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm actually saying this is like a, I don't know. I think Burrow. Is did Allen start from day one? I don't believe yeah. that. No, he remember Nathan Peterman had had won the starting job. Okay, he played like four snaps, and then Josh uh, Allen no, I'm just played the rest. I'm just saying he didn't how many start did he like his rookie year. Stat Daddy, look up how many games Josh Allen um, played his rookie year. But I would say this is right: is Burrow is the most accomplished guy that started from day one. Yeah. In the league at this point, the next we could say, All right, is it Allen? Who is in the third? Herbert, Her- oh, Herbert, Herbert's not even made the did they haven't made the playoffs yet, though, right? Yeah, they have. They lost, yes, a, they lost to Trevor Lawrence. Just, oh, they lost to Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> with a 28 point lead. That's why I was that's why I put Trevor Lawrence up there. And uh, just uh, Allen started 11 starts in his rookie season. Okay, so he basically started his. So is Burrow and Allen are the most accomplished? And then Herbert, is there anybody else after that? Am I forgetting someone that? Tyrod Taylor started one game for the Chargers, and then that was it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Then he got his uh, lung punctured. We're probably going back to Locke. Luck and Cam, maybe. Who else? That's a good question. Chat. Who are the who are the starters that have had success? And it's not that you can't have success. I think Joe Burrow is the model. And interestingly, okay. let's actually segue since we're speaking of Joe Burrow. Josh McCown, the new quarterbacks coach of the Carolina Panthers. And part of that name that's being assembled or that group of names that people are excited about. I really like the Josh McCown name right. because of how seasoned he is as an actual player. So I think you get kind of what you guys like about Ken Dorsey. I think McCown is a cooler Ken Dorsey because he actually played longer in the NFL, even did more in the NFL was more relevant as an actual player has put more time in. And now he's a film guru. uh, And he loves CJ Stroud. Guess who he says and he doesn't, and he and he tempered this, so I don't want people going crazy and t- calling for his head. But we all try to make comps based on physical attributes, strengths, weaknesses. And he said the kind of comp for 
uh, C.J. Stroud was Joe Burrow. He loves C.J. Stroud. And I like that comparison. It's a great comparison, too. I mean, at the at the high end, you're hoping Stroud is a Burrow. At the low end, you're hoping that he's like a, a, a Jared Goff type of type of prospect. Uh, did, did y'all know my man McCown has hoops? Like, if y'all want, go look up Josh McCown playing basketball, dude. He got some skills, bro. Yeah. Uh, that that's like pretty cool. brother. Didn't he have a brother that played? Yeah, in Luke that? McCown. Luke. Yeah, Josh. Yeah, but uh, yeah, y'all need to find that video. If not, maybe I'll play it a little bit later. But my man got hoops. Um, but I- I'll say this, man. I like his eye for the quarterback position. You know, I-, I-, I think that there were rumors last year that the Texans really wanted to hire him as their head coach. And that was a legit rumor that was making the rounds. Uh, a lot of inside people even reported it too. So I love it, man. You know, I think no matter what the Panthers are going to do, it helps to have guys like Frank Reich, like Josh McCown, who have played NFL quarterback, you know, they play quarterback in the NFL and they know what it takes at that position. And I really like what that means for Matt Corral as a prospect going forward. And, yeah, definitely if we ended up uh, drafting a player in this year's draft, you have to like all the insights and the details that Josh McCown is going to be able to deliver to any quarterback in our quarterback room. I I love it, man. Like I said, these coaching hires for the Panthers have been better than I ever expected that they could have gone at all. Uh, there's this. I'm not. I'm trying to find it just to show you the. If you go to Josh Norris's page, he just is so active. Um, he is doing. Oh, he's doing a lot of these with Josh. Uh, Josh McCown. He's been doing these. Uh, he's got one on Levis. So we'll. We'll. I'll go watch what he said about Levis. Um, they're doing here. I'm getting close. But he, uh, if you go and watch this breakdown with McCown, it's fun. You know what I'm saying? They, he's a film junkie. He loves, uh, he loves CJ Stroud's tape. Loves it. Yeah. And I don't know if I love that or not. You but the why? fact that he loves Stroud? Yeah. Because now I'm kind of secretly like, oh, we Crushing could get Stroud. We could get, yeah, it's like, oh, it's going to, and then it's, you know, it's so far ahead. Right. Like, I mean, I think CJ Stroud's going to be the number one pick of the draft. Remember when G Baby was calling into the cat call saying, we need to fucking lose. We need to lose. Well, that's why he was saying it. Because, yeah, now we're, we're, if, if you want to get ahead of the Houston Texans, the Indianapolis Colts, the Las, Ra- the Las Vegas Ra- Raiders, they are going to rake us over hot coals. Are the any of those ahead of us? Too? No, like there's like every team ahead of us theoretically could take a fucking quarterback in some. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 bad. You the Bears to- could trade back twice. This is the best thing I have heard. My favorite. If I was yeah, the GM of the Bears, I would trade back twice. Yep. 
I would trade from one to four and then four to seven or some shit like that and just have like a boat and like have five first round picks this year. Just take every, like, just have all this shit. You would just be the Bears. Boy, they could assemble an elite squad. And maybe I shouldn't burn. Watch that. I was watching that Super Bowl. I was watching that t- those teams, guys. Mm. The Eagles what were you thinking? are the team we should have been. 100%. That should have been us. That should have been us with Cam. Yeah. Yeah. And like building. That was the like entire that. time. Yeah. And like that. It's there. It was there. Look at that. The roster. They put together mm-hmm. a fucking squad, bro. Mm-hmm. How about the I fact mean, that their D line was one of the like it was a historic defense. D sacks, bro, and, and zero sacks in the Super Bowl. Yeah, they didn't get zero. one in zero. the Super Bowl. Zero, zero. nil. Well, what are we saying about Hassan Reddick and that crew right now? Oh, is that like just basically we are? They're the same, and then there's such a great team and a great season. I mean, look, the Eagles played their ass off, man. Like, they really don't have anything to to feel bad about. They didn't get no sacks. How did they not? Didn't they break his ankle again? Was that on a run, though? They were Jalen Hurts fumble away from winning that game. Sorry. I hate to put it all in one. I'm not putting Uh, it all in one person, but let's go ahead and put it this way. No, I don't want to go there because the Chiefs got robbed of another defensive touchdown, by the way. That shit was a catch. Jericho Cotri is saying that Miles Sanders caught the ball and fumbled it. The Chiefs should have had two defensive touchdowns in that game. They called back that shit. No, that Miles Sanders joint was a catch. He didn't make a football He move. caught he it. Turning. No, he caught it, and he turned. Like, he had it. Yeah, but you have to he take two steps to make a football like move. move. Who cares if you're standing still? That's exactly what you're supposed to be doing in that play. If you catch the ball and you have two feet in the end zone, and then somebody or or and somebody rocks you, we're gonna call it a catch. That was a catch. If you drop it, they're not going to. It was a catch, bro. He made a football like move. This is what that told me: is that if you could catch the ball. And then just stand completely still. Like, I'm not going to move. I'm going to stand like a motherfucking statue. I catch this ball and somebody rock me and I fumble it. And they'll be like, oh, you didn't make enough moves. Like you could sit there for three seconds. He had control. It was a catch. I hear you. It, it was very close. All right. You guys yeah, tell me. Close. You guys tell me. Well, what do you think? Oh, you, know, you know who I think? Deserves a fair share of the blame. Oh boy, y'all ready oh, for gosh. this? Here it comes. I don't love this. This is James, James Bradbury, baby. And Fuck you that. know what? No. Uh, uh, Juju Smith Schuster is getting a ton of shit. Yeah, AJ Brown. AJ Brown's got a great uh, tweet. tweet to him. Yeah, I'll pull it up. Um, Juju Smith Schuster says, uh, Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. And it's got James Bradbury with a caption that says, I'll hold you when it matters most. Wow. And, and dude, I know everybody's like, It's fucked up. I laughed. It wasn't a hold. I mean, it, it was. was. He admitted it was to just it. as much of a hold then that that was a catch. It, Bradbury admitted to it. 
it's it yeah, was a hold it, it yeah. was a hold but the problem is 95 percent of those are not called in the nfl 95 percent of what he did was not called and that's just like the thing that sucks is that you that that's not that makes no sense to call that right there like let these guys play it out right that had no impact on that play whatsoever do you guys think that the Miles Sanders uh, is less clear of a catch than Jericho Cotteries? I think there, I think Jericho Cotteries seemed more clear as a catch than Miles Sanders. Really? The Jericho Cotteries one is burned in my memory. I'll barely even remember this fucking catch that we're talking about. Yeah, Cotteries was definitely more of a catch than Sanders. The ball wasn't moving at all. I don't all, give man. a fuck. It I don't give like a shit. This. Like he could have been but, like man, this, but he was shit. like this. Like Tony, it's Cotteries, let's like, forget about that. Lit up, bro. He just got lit up. It wasn't Tony. more of a catch than Cotteries ball. Yeah, it was. It wasn't because if you play that in real time, it was catch hit gone. Like it was no time whatsoever. Like there was zero. Like they played in slow motion so much. Better. We're Look, not gonna get. I, I got the poll in the chat right now. They're they're voting on it. Was it a catch or not? It's fifty fifty right now. It was I not a catch. Was oh, it's dancing. It's, 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 Who was more of a catch, really? Is Katri or... Katri. I don't think so. I think the ball was... I'm not saying... Look, I think both of them were catches. No, actually, this is what I'm arguing. I think they're both catches. Uh, I mean, Jalen Hurts still, Hurt still fumbled away a touchdown. If he and got rocked in the end zone, would you have called it a touchdown? If he would have done that in the end zone with two feet, would you have called it a catch? And then he got rocked and he fumbled it out the back. You have to make a football move, man, whether you like it or not. He did. He looked and turned move. and then got fucking wrecked. I don't, think, looking, I don't think turning is, is a football move. I think you have to – because, look, you can look at it. He didn't switch. Three didn't, steps, right? When he had the ball, you have to take a certain amount of steps, and you have to make a football move with the ball. He never brought the ball to his body. He never brought the ball to his body and took the ball, man. Yeah, you did, but, move. hey, man, take it up with the NFL committee. Yeah. You have to take, like, two or three Let's steps. I want to look at these rules. No, there's no steps. Yes, there it is. is. Then why no, didn't they call it a then then why didn't they call it a fumble? And fall out of the sidelines. No, you have that. to make a fumble. No, you don't have to take no steps. If yeah, you're you the ball out of bounds uh, oh, and you have two toes down, you don't have to take no I steps. I got it right here. Step. I got the rules. Let's the process it. of a catch. You have to secure the ball in their arms or hands. You have to keep both feet in bounds and you have to make a football move, a movement that is common to the game, such as a tuck or extension of the ball, or an evasion of an opponent. He not, did all those things. Not turning, looking up He field. did not. He did not do he any of those things. He took the ball things. like this and went like this. Do I need to pull the tape? He went, yeah, he didn't. I want to see Because <laughs> he didn't. Yeah. Nah. I think no, so. It ain't, it ain't that point. And it's definitely not more of a catch than the country no, catch, so. man. It is just as much of a catch as... Oh, it isn't. Bradbury's was a hold. No, I'm telling you, that's a catch. That's wow, two. Okay. And here, think about this. That's the crazy part. Everybody um, gushed and gushed about the Eagles' defense. But man, the Chiefs' defense made plays. But wait, can I give a hot yeah. take? This is the reason why I was okay with getting rid of Bradbury. I've seen that happen too many times here in Carolina. Everybody wanted to tell me one of those Friday free for all last week or a few weeks ago 
oh, Bradbury's the man. We should have kept him over or whatever. Dude, there was a large contingent of Panther fans that were tired of seeing Bradbury get burned in very similar manners. The dude who has played on three NFL teams on in what the past four different years or something like that. No, he's not. He's not trash. Yes. No one's saying yes. that he's trash. But what I'm saying is, is like he's an average NFL corner. He was anybody, an all-pro this year. He dude, I don't give a damn, man. I've seen him burn too oh, many stop. times. No. And you're gonna try to talk me down. You just said I don't give a damn. You weren't. You didn't even hear the words that came out of CK's mouth, and you said he was an all pro on a loaded football team. Exactly. Okay, who's a better talent, Bradbury or JC Horn? JC Horn. Night Brad round pick, a second round pick versus a eighth overall. That's not a fair comparison. Everybody here, said that's not- no, you're sitting on Bradbury here. Actually, here's the way you should say it. it's okay to not love Bradbury. Bradbury is a very is in a perfect place. He's besides Slay, he's a great sure. number two. He's a he's a very, hey, very I- good number two. But here's where you're wrong about us. And like, oh, we shouldn't have kept. Blah, 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 doo, doo, burp, burp, burp. Is this? Is you know what? I bet you we would be better with James Bradbury than if we kept than Shaq Thompson. Then Dante Jackson. We, we kick. We kept Shaq Jay Thompson Harrison. over James Bradbury. Who would the team be better? Who would be easier to replace for this team? Would it be Shaq Thompson or James Bradbury? And neither of them are fantastic. But guess what? I would say that's Bradbury is better than you just said. Jack neither Thompson. of them are fantastic, and that's my only no, point. He that he's we had a choice between two. No, we let Bradbury go. Average coin. Everyone trying to pretend Bradbury like to everybody trying to pretend like he's a well, shutdown. Not listening. Corner. You're not listening. Just has this nostalgia glasses on. No, If he was that damn good, why has he played for three different teams now? Oh, but he's a little shut down. Because we signed Jack Thompson. He only played for two. He played for the Giants Giants and and the Panthers. He played for the Raiders, too, for a little while. No, he didn't. No, that was worldly. worldly. No, he's Um, only signed a big deal with the Giants, and then he went to the Eagles. He hasn't played with three different teams after. He is a a fantastic second corner. He isn't a number one corner but he is a fantastic second corner. And why I say that and why that's important is to Tony's point, our team would be if infinitely better if he was on our squad, as opposed to Dante Jackson or CJ Henderson. But you don't even have to think of it like that. You have to think about it as this. We had two options. We could have that year kept James Bradbury or Shaq Thompson. We had those. We needed, we needed linebacker no, help no. more than we made it more no, we than we did needed not. defensive no, back no. help. We didn't have anybody then. In we, defensive we got back. rid of Luke Kickley and Thomas Davis, and then you're going to let go of Shy Thompson. No, you have to pick Thompson over. Tell Brad us who there. the corner was that year. Then tell what? us who was there other than Bradbury. He was our one. number one corner. Can I ask you? Judge, no, please? that's not even fair. How about this? They're on the same tier of player. Bradbury and no, Shaq Bradbury is a better player than Shaq Give me a fucking break. Bradbury is a more accomplished player and better oh. than Shaq Thompson. Oh, Cody, man. do you consider Josh Norman? Position. 
Do you consider, consider Josh what? Norman to be elite, Cody? I, he had one season of being elite, but that was about oh. it. Okay. I just want to say that because if you're going to put Josh Norman up there, Bradbury's actually had a better. Oh, no, 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 no. You have consistency. No. You less years, more interceptions, more tackles, more no, forced fumbles. But, but after we got rid of Lou Kickley and Thomas Davis, you're First not all, then going to go and get rid of Shaq Thompson. Right. No, it, it doesn't do. And it, bro, if he was the type of No, he's fucking not. Yeah, better than Bradbury. Bradbury's a liability, and y'all just don't want to admit it. Bradbury has been a liability today. for a while. He is a liability. Right. No, liability is, in the Super Bowl. It was a liability in the Super Bowl, dude. What are you talking about? He was not a liability. I got the flag. That literally gave them the penalty yeah, that helped out of his mind. Did you, did you see the, the, out of his mind? Did you see the actual penalty though, Cody? Yeah, no, he don't care. Penalty on the planet. It was ticky tack. Yeah. Bradbury admitted to holding him, and he definitely held him. No, no, he admitted because he said that by the most technical version of the rule, he, grabbed, he, he said, touched his he body. Said, I yeah. hope the referee wouldn't have called it. I was hoping the referee wouldn't have called it. He knew that he held. Bro. He knew that he that held. That shit was less of a hold than Miles He's Sanders average. was. He's average. He's average. I, I, you know what? I don't even fuck about arguing with that. The fact that you are trying to inflate Shaq Thompson and, and, and chub him up right now, Bradbury is first of all a far more accomplished player Not than elite, Shaq Thompson either. has ever been. He Shaq is a less of what people rally around Shaq Thompson. No one where, rallies where, around when, James when, Bradbury. When when okay. does they rallied around him? You mean Shaq oh, we had Matt Rule when he was sending him out of our locker room? Yeah, and how has this Panthers team been shitty? We're not so better with Bradbury. Like, leader of the Titanic. We're not better with Bradbury. Bradbury is no kind of leader. Come on. This team would have been better over the last three years if you had Bradbury than you had Jack Thompson. Can I show a picture of the hold? Yeah, please. Because I got I got a good one here. A good angle. Uh, We don't want to talk about the tired ass past Jeff Comfort. We just want Cody to not fucking say bizarre ass shit about Shaq Thompson. There's the hold right there. You see That's that? actually not the specific hold. No, no, no they, the hold. I think that what the jersey pull. Yeah, there was a jersey pull that happened. Yeah, but um, it yeah. was also so slight. It might as well have been that too. Yeah. Yeah. It was nothing. And the ball didn't even man. Anyway. The idea is this: is I'm not saying. Look, I, I'm. I think Bradbury A was um, a mistake, not a mistake by the Panthers, but Dave Gettleman really went against his own word when it came to all those guys. Bradbury, think of this: this guy came from Samford, whatever the fuck that is, and it was a second round pick out of a school that nobody ever ever had heard of. You know. And he started from day one. He has played every game since then. He has signed a big fucking deal with the Giants. And then he's gone on to kind of resurrect. He had a second run. At first, the Giants didn't like him. And then he was pretty good. He came back. And then now he's had this. He is more accomplished 
than Shaq Thompson by far. The number's 252-228-5098. That's fine. Then that means that Shaq Thompson is below average. Doesn't mean that at all, but... Yes, it does. What did you see? Three, it's Anthony from Charlotte. Just wanted to call in, talk about what's going on with the Panthers. And first, I want to say... Congrats to the Kansas City Chiefs. I told everyone on the Friday free-for-all they were going to win. When you have the best quarterback in the league that shows up when it matters, a.k.a. Tom Brady, you're, I mean, that's just the advantage of it. Jalen Hurts played a phenomenal game, but I see all these arguments about how he's a really damn good quarterback. And, yeah, he is pretty good, but he had it all for him this year. So let's see what he does next year. Um, yeah, the Chiefs are going to be the dynasty to stop for the next 10 years, 10 plus years to come. Patrick Mahomes is, is amazing. The defense always shows up in the playoffs. And yeah, I mean, I predicted the Chiefs, but going on to the Panthers, let me talk about this Derek Carr thing. Mm-hmm. So I made my stance about Derek Carr. I think he's a really solid quarterback. His numbers and, and a lot of years are better than Cam Newton's passing numbers. I and mean, we haven't had a 20 touchdown passer since 2017. It's ridiculous. If you signed Derek Carr, great. But I'm going to reiterate to Tony's point from two weeks ago, you need to have a backup option. Derek Carr does not stop you from trading up from your guy. Everyone says, oh, well, he can be the Jimmy G of our team. Yeah, maybe he can, but you can't just not. You, you have to find the future of your team. If you want to trade up like the Chiefs did, then do that. Trade up to number one, still get a C.J. Stroud and put pressure on Derek Carr to be like, hey, we, we trust you to win now, so go out there and win. And if you can't get the job done, then pull the fucking plug. It's been so many years with a veteran-ass quarterback. He's 32. I already said he's only got like three good years left, like – we got to start building for the future. The only reason I think they would sign Derek Carr is because, as I said before, the best quarterback in the division wins the division. So if they sign Derek Carr and don't draft a QB, it tells me they're trying to win now. And, you know, if they draft the QB and get a better uh, veteran like Brissett, I would like that more because I think our roster is the best in the le- in the division and we have the best coaches so I still think you can win the division with a Brissett and then mid-year slide in the rookie QB. I just don't get what all these Panther fans are saying. Everyone is like wanting to suck on these veteran quarterbacks and I like Derek Carr too but he's not a long-term solution. We need to start opening our eyes and realizing where the league is going. I'm sick of this. We've been five years of purgatory it's about time we do something different. Give me your thoughts on the situation. Anthony from Charlotte, love the work y'all boys do. Keep motherfucking pounding. Hey, keep pounding, Anthony. The only problem with that, though, is if you sign Derek Carr, you're not trading up for a CJ Stroud. You can still draft a quarterback, but you're taking one at nine, and it's between Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. Right. Or Hendon Hooker, but that's probably a little high for him now considering the ACL injury. Um, I, I mean, listen, you could do a lot worse than Derek Carr. But Anthony, it's just... And, and you know this as well as anybody, man. The thirst for a young rookie quarterback for this Carolina Panthers team, dude, it's at an all-time high, man. It's higher than it ever has been. And for most people, even the most rational of person, 
it's hard to look at Derek Carr as anything other than doing what the Panthers have done the past, what, two or three years in a row to miserable effects. Even if Derek's better than all those guys, it just feels like more of the same. And if you sign Derek Carr and then draft a quarterback in, in the first round, then you're missing out on an opportunity to put more talent around Derek Carr, either on offense or another big-time player on defense. So I understand when people are saying, hey, if you go and sign Derek Carr, it's going to take us slightly out of the quarterback market to an extent in that there's no way that we're going to be as aggressive to draft a quarterback if you do sign Derek Carr. What's the best case scenario if you sign Derek Carr? So, like, just give us the best picture that could happen. We signed Derek Carr, the number we could argue about it. Say it's 20, say it's 30 million. I mean, that's just what it is. One year deal, 30 million. What's the best scenario behind that for the quarterback situation? I mean, like I said, if, if, if you're at number nine and you're not trading up, but you're not, if you sign Derek Carr, you're drafting a quarterback at number nine, or you're taking Hendon Hooker in the, uh, in round two. What's the and better scenario? I think it's Hendon Hooker in two. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind that. And then again, but when you're talking like that, I would like Matt Corral to be considered more in that conversation. But I wouldn't be mad with Hendon Hooker at uh at the uh with our second or with our pick in the second round. I kind of compare him to like a Deshaun Watson. It, you know, but when he's healthy, right? The same type of skill set is how I view Hendon Hooker. So yeah, get another D lineman, another uh, another linebacker, another edge, you know, and then build the team around yeah, him. We're good. We got Shaq, bro. We don't need no linebackers. Better than James Bradbury. So we should we should draft Jerry in the second round. Who? Jerry who? Geriatric. Oh, what'd you say? Is that a problem for you? And no, I mean, it's 25. It's, it's concerning a little bit. He's, he's right. only 20. And the he, injury. Yeah, yeah. What's more concerning, the age or the injury, right? I mean, I, listen, I we oh. saw Joe Burrow. I mean, it's not the end of the world um, right. to have an older, you know, older quarterback. But um, I mean, that's it's, not it's not exciting. I mean, was it wasn't a knock, a, it wasn't a knock because he had the uh, one of the great like the right. greatest college uh, college year uh, to 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 lead him into the draft that anybody's ever had, right? Um, but at, yeah, it, it, I I don't know, man. Like it it doesn't excite me, and if I'm gonna go that route, might as well just develop Matt Corral at that point, right? Um, I, I'm not I'm not a fan of trading up. Like I, I don't. I know everybody say go get your guy, and I I understand that thought, but the majority of the people that anytime you've seen that in the past ten years, somebody dr- trading up to the top one or two, it's not worked out. Trading into the top ten, top fifteen has worked, right? You got Josh Allen, you have uh, you have uh, Patrick Mahomes, right? But tell me when a guy, when a team is traded to number one, number two, and actually it's worked out for them in the long run. Let me ask. I'm going to give you three quick scenarios, Cody. Tell me which one excites you the most. 
The Panthers sign uh, Derek Carr and draft uh, AR-15 at nine. That's scenario one. Scenario two is they draft Derek Carr and then, I mean, sign Derek Carr and then draft Hendon Hooker in the second round. Or the third option is you just uh, draft AR-15 at nine and uh, that's it. I don't know that he makes it to nine, by the way. I don't know. I, there's a chance that all four of these guys are off the board by nine, which is the concerning part. Ouch. It'd be rich for my Thanks blood. Thanks for doing my 3K scenario. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, uh, Which one would make I mean, you most excited? Out of those three, just pick one real quick. Probably because AR. is going to ruin your boy Matt Corral, right? Like, I mean, that would, if you just draft him, bye-bye Matt Corral. Not bye, but. Well, that's no. assuming that he would lose the legitimate quarterback competition, but it wouldn't be right because right. if you draft a quarterback at that's nine, that's, that's your quarterback, point. right? So, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, I hope Matt Corral gets a chance. I'm looking at just what is the most likely to He's happen. Dodging the question. Out of those three, the which, one which one would excite you the most out of those three? Derek Carr and Richardson. Ooh. Okay. All right. Um, the numbers. It's, it, it's still early, though. I reserve the right to change my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just asking, man. We're just here to talk about uh, the Panthers and football in the NFL. And right now, it looks like I only got a couple more calls left. The numbers two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. What's up, C3? Uh, just a quick part two, because I've been discussing this all day with the Friday Free for All boys. But, <clears throat> man, so getting back to the Derek Carr thing, and for one, I kind of want to stop talking about the quarterback. Like, it's, we talk about this every year, man. And, you know, I've just gone out and say I like Derek Carr. Like, I really do. But I know Cody can attest to this, too. It, it just feels like you're kind of kicking the can down the road with this team. Now, I know the the NFC South is wide open, but if it's wide open, then we also need to build for the future if you even do get Derek Carr. If you believe this is kind of a Tom Brady Buck situation or a Rams situation where, okay, now we have the coaches, we can easily win the division, so we'll have good playoff seeding and can potentially, you know, make a deep run in the playoffs. That's all good and fine. The only thing is you still need to have a backup option because Derek Carr is solid. Yes, he's solid. He's probably a top 14 quarterback, but you do need to have a long-term plan at quarterback because Derek Carr is not going to age like fine wine like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion. You still need to get someone who you believe can be the future of your franchise. With that said, I'm still okay with trading up picks if they do, like Scott Fitter said, fall in love with a guy, then go get him. Derek Carr is not going to stop you from doing that. So in my opinion, you know, I, I see the betting odds are in our favor in terms of getting Derek Carr. You know, 
I, I do believe if he went to the Saints, they would have the best shot at winning the division. So I could see why we would sign him in the case of we want to try to make a run now. And that's completely fine. I think a lot of Panthers fans would love to see us in the playoffs, and so do I. I'm just reiterating my only concern is you need to have a backup plan in case this goes south, just like even what Tony said two weeks ago. And, yeah, that, those are my thoughts for my part, too. Thanks for all the work y'all do. Again, Anthony from Charlotte, keep motherfucking pounding, boys. Thank you, Anthony, for your support, man. A longtime supporter, a big-time contributor to the C3 Panthers podcast. You can call in at 252-228-5098. And I've been on board with this, is that regardless if we get Carr or not, the Carolina Panthers need to uh, help the fans have a vision of the future at the quarterback position, or at least it would make me feel better. I just am not ready for a season where we punt where we get car and also punt the right. quarterback situation to the future. Right. I think there's too much risk a on car with that. We've done that enough here. And again, I will reiterate, this is, that's kind of the failure of Frank Wright continuing to have to bobble and jump from veteran quarterback, bridge quarterback to bridge quarterback without constructing a bypass or whatever in the background. So I agree with that 100 I don't know if I agree with the idea that the Saints are the de facto leaders of the division if they get car. I almost am not. Actually, I would say this is I think the Panthers would be better with Derek Carr than they are where they are at now. But I'm not scared of Frank Reich and Sam Darnold and this team taking on the Saints and Derek Carr. And no, not at all. Like, I don't you, think that I, makes them the leader. How could anyone bet on any team in the NFC South being the leader, man? Th this division right now is so bad. There's I'll so many. The there's so many unknowns. Mm -hmm. There's so many unknowns, man. But you know, uh, we don't know what Tampa Bay is going to do at quarterback if they're going to go Kyle Trask or uh, Derek Carr. Yeah, that, yeah. And look, that was another point I meant to make earlier. Derek Carr is going to be the savior for one of these NFC South teams, man. And when I say savior, I mean the guy brought in to do what you're talking about, Tony, win the weak NFC South division and to come in and be the de facto number one to win the NFC South. And I think that out of all the rosters that you can compare, yeah, if I'm Derek Carr, I do think the Carolina Panthers are the most intriguing destination to land easily. I'm telling you this as I'm ready to put, I think just with this coaching staff alone, that's being assembled. I've had more optimism about past teams with less reason to have it than I have now. I think the Panthers are the leaders in this division right now. I think we're the most like state. Look, the Saints, they could cut every like think of their cap situation. They have a lot of questions. The Bucks don't have they don't have any. You don't know what they're going to look like. I mean, they couldn't even score three points with Tom Brady this year. The Falcons were a mess. Carolina Panthers, Frank Reich, Jim Caldwell, this staff they're putting together. We're the leaders of the NFC South. Take I that, folks. I want to also remind you guys, the leaders in daily fantasy football sports 
are prize picks. You go and download the prize picks app. You go to prizepicks.com. You maybe join uh, the secret prize picks direct thread where my bastard son. God, man, white chocolate espresso was so, so close to hitting the big, big time money. Still won double his money on prize picks using the promo code C3. Your first time that you sign up for prize picks and use the promo code C3, they will match your deposit up to $100 with 100%. You put $100 on prize picks your first time. You play daily fantasy football sports. They'll put $100 of promo funds that you get to use and play with that turns that's real money. You do have to play through that promo money, but bro, you will be playing prize picks like crazy. My bastard son, White Chocolate Espresso. Kev, call into the show real quick and tell us exactly what happened with this. Oh, he, he said, said he's four yards, four away, yards from away from 10K. I think he had oh. a $400 bet or a $200 bet. Oh. And he doubled it. He won 800 So he said this. His tweet was this. I've never been upset about winning $800. <laughs> but he was four yards away from that $800 being ten grand. Damn. And he's hit big time. It was a four hundred dollar mm. bet. He said uh, he was able to double his money. Still, again, use the promo code C three. I'm gonna pull it up real quick. We're gonna make look. I need Kev to just do this. I'm about to get in touch with Prize Picks. We're about to have a C three. We should just have a C three white chocolate espresso Prize Pick show. Mm-hmm. I really firmly believe. We can make that happen, Kev, if you really were interested in doing it. Because I tell you one thing is I would just have to produce it. Because I sure could not fucking pick them. I am on a tough, tough road recently. I've got, guess what? Uh, You were right, Cody, about the um, Kelsey touchdown being a free. is, Is Didn't get some Jalen Hurts didn't hit those passing. MVS man screwed me. I hit every one on my Super Bowl. I bet I, I bet what I felt was big. I would have won seventeen hundred dollars if I if I'd have won mine. I hit five out of six. Yeah, and uh, I mean, MVS so, got like no in, one person yeah. got you, didn't it? Yeah, MVS uh, Scandley didn't get a single catch. He had one target the whole game. He had a, like eleven catches the game before. One target in the Super Bowl. That's so, yeah, I mean, this is the thing is you can go and you can play the, the what's it, the power play and make mm-hmm. and hit close to big. Mm-hmm. But I will I will say the most success I've had is playing the flex play, right, is yeah. that it always feels like that. I've been, if I just play the flex play regularly, I do well. I've recently <laughs> been just trying to do that thing where you trying to make up for those bad beats and you're like i gotta hit the biggie i gotta hit the biggie we're gonna find something today let's do something fun what is uh this is what um who's been doing this in the chat the drew drew's been playing these things which is he just ran i think he just randomly picks what is this PUBG code, uh, CK? 
uh, CSGO that's uh, uh, Counter-Strike Go. Alright, and this is oh, Call God. of Duty, right? Yeah. Wow. See, that's let's just do this. Right? We're just gonna do um, we'll pick one orange. Is on eSports now? or Yeah, I, I have no idea. Oh. We're gonna pick just colors. We're gonna go here. I like it. CK, should we just go more on everybody? Everybody, I have no it? idea. I have no idea about these. A lot. Do more, or less, try? more, more, less, more. All right, let's do more, less, more. Oh, you, you varied it up. Oh, you did more, less, less. Man, now we're going to do. We're just saying this. Does. <laughs> we're do a flex play here. Come back next week to find out how we did on Call of Duty. Nice. Use the promo code C3 and you get a 100% deposit bonus on your first time on prize picks. I tell you, it's a blast. It's a blast. Kev, if Kev hits that 10 grand, imagine how many $1.99 drunk super chats he's going to send in talking <laughs> shit to Cody for the next two months. It'll be like every time Cody opens his mouth, he'll just be like, $1.99, motherfucker. Wow, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Thank you, bastard son, for your support and being such a cool dude when it comes to prize picks. What else we got to talk about? I guess we're hitting the short straws right here. We've talked about Derek Carr. We've talked briefly about the Super Bowl. Um, What's this about? Ooh. Uh, This is just some of the odds. The odds on winners to land some of the big names. Mar Jackson to the Falcons scares me, bro. Yeah, oh, yeah. One that I don't. Or the Bucks. I don't want to go to the Bucks either. (laughs) Like I don't want them in the division. Agreed. And the Panthers are only on one list here. Derek Carr. Why are the Jets not bigger suitors for a guy? I guess Lamar. Would that be in the same conference? They want to fuck with that. I think the Jets are gunning for Aaron Rodgers. The Jets are trying hard to get Aaron Rodgers. You know who's missing on this list? Miami. Where the fuck is Miami? Aaron Rodgers to Miami is what's got to happen. They got Tua, man. Why? Tua was an MVP candidate up until the first, what, you five, six why? weeks of the of the season? Yeah, I said, why? Why would, why would that just, and I don't know, man. Aaron Rodgers, he doesn't even know what he wants to do. Mm-mm. He could still end up with, he could still end up in Green Bay. Probably do you not think about who the fuck is on the Dolphins right now? They beat the your Bills without Tua basically almost. Yeah, but do you think Rodgers can nah, get the ball wrong. down the field to get it to those receivers? Yes. Still? Like can you think he still can? Okay. I bet I bet you this is what would be would the Miami Dolphins be better with um Rodgers or Tua, and it's significantly better with Rodgers, like crazy better. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I can't really argue that. I'm not a fan of uh, Tua just because of health. Then why don't you like? Why is Rodgers not up here? I don't know, man. Eight years old. I mean, I mean, not what Rodgers is up here is why is Miami up there uh, not up here? Mm. Wouldn't if you're Aaron Rodgers, don't you think that you have a better shot of women and winning in Miami than you do with the Jets? It's the same fucking division, but they got Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. You're gonna be going over there, you'd be like, Oh, I got a good defense. Mm, I mean, yeah, I, I just uh, dude, I don't know what the Dolphins 
are doing. I think part of the reason they brought in Mike McDaniels was to try and get the most out of Tua. So I don't know. Maybe they're not running tail. I think it's Aaron Rodgers to the Dolphins. Mark my words. That's what I believe. What else? Anything else to talk about? Or is that it? Um, two bits of news for the Colts. I don't know why I put them in this order. Shane Stitchin, the OC for Philadelphia, uh, is the new head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Then they went. The day, yeah. yeah, then they went and hired uh, Eagles coordinator uh, Gannon, Jonathan Gannon, to be yeah. their defensive coordinator too. Hmm. So yeah, the everybody thought oh, that the, uh, the the Cardinals have got him as their head coach, right? Gannon. Uh oh, yeah, there's a card. Yeah, so is stitching. This is like uh, stitching goes to the Colts, their OC leaves, and now their DC goes to coach the Cardinals. And man, hmm. are the Eagles and the Panthers so much of the same? You know, it's like, look, Sean McDermott leaving. Are the Eagles gonna go from being like powerhousey 15? Where'd they go? 15 and three or whatever the fuck it was, or what is it, 17, 15 and two like dominant. Like we were that year excited about hurts, excited about cam. So close feeling like you're going to be back coaching the coordinators. Now oh. I'd rather be the Eagles right now. If I was a fan than the Panthers. Yeah. <sighs> Wasn't a good feeling. Right now. They're going to have to replace their feeling. coordinators. I know, yeah. Is uh co- is poach poach. And do you guys uh do we put these guys in the Frank Reich tree? Yeah, I mean I I think it's fair to I put them in the Frank I think it's like, fair to do that. Yeah. Descendants of the what was it, Sirianni? Yeah. Hmm. Are either of these guys with Reich in Indianapolis? I don't know. Um, I think, uh, I could be wrong. I feel like, I feel like Stitchin was. Well, see, I know Sirianni was because he was pissed at the right. Colts. Uh, he was pissed at the Colts after they went and beat him. He was like, that's for Frank Reich. It was after they fired Frank Reich. So, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, like, not, is that, at the very, we know for sure that Sirianni was, uh, was from the tree, right? So, what we know is that Frank Reich's staff has been poached over the last few years. Sirianni, I think the guy in Chicago now may have been the dude that was under his staff. Eberfluss, maybe. I think it was his name or something like that. Um, but now these guys come under Sirianni. So at the very minimum, they're the, the grandchildren of Frank Reich. But they could also have been in the Frank Reich house in Indianapolis. Who knows? But... Uh, good signs. Look, uh, White Chocolate Espresso called in. My bastard son uh, will take this call. And I guess we'll just go to the ISO picks after that. Yep. Hey, with uh, this White Chocolate Espresso, Tony wanted me to call up and talk about prize picks. So let's see. I had Devontae Smith over 60.5 yards. He had 100. Dallas Goldirk, whatever his name is. They had him at 4.5 receptions. He got six. You know, Travis Kelsey got the touchdown, easy. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts got the rushing touchdown, that was easy. Mm-hmm. Gainwell, they had him at 12.5 receiving yards. 
He got me 20. And then finally, the fuck boy Sky Moore. What a fucking douche. Who is he? Yeah. 7.5 yards receiving was the runner. He got me four. Four fucking <laughs> yards. Who does he play for? Did he play for the Chiefs? I was Chiefs, yeah. That Super Bowl on that last drive. I was constantly saying, pass it to more. Pass it to more. God damn, you pass it to fucking more. Oh, my God. My God. I I can't believe it. So, it hurt. I I just went and got more drunk than I already was. (laughs) But, yeah, those those were my picks. Well, he still won um, four hundred bucks. Guys. Before I made the double that money, do a, you know, do some research, like look up fancy previews, like where people think what they're going to do fancy wise. I look up, you know, all that shit before I make these picks. Then I'm just fuck around. Sometimes I, like I do, but sometimes. But when I put in four hundred dollars, I'm doing fucking research. Yeah. But, oh, it's a good theory, right? More or less more. Anyway, as always, boys, fuck Cody. <laughs> Telling you. God, you're mad at your prize picks, not yeah. me. I forgive he you. Made, I, he would have put ten thousand one dollar donations and just said fuck Cody every yeah. time of it. <laughs> I had all the same picks he had, except I had Gamewell at 33.5 yards rushing and receiving. And where he had Sky Moore, I had uh, I had um, Valdez Scantling. My guy was so. Kadarius Tony. I wanted to get more than 24 yards receiving. And I was like, where the fuck is this guy? Like he was, I was like, is he even on the team? And then he catches a fucking touchdown, runs a punt almost back. And then that I was know. it. Wasn't it didn't even come close. He had like four yards. He had a touchdown catch for four yards or something. And damn that long ass return. Yeah. What'd you say it was, Greg? The longest uh, punt return in Super Bowl history. Yeah. All right, let's do this. Valentine's Day. Quick uh what is your love, your Panthers love you want to give a Valentine to? Let's do past players. Okay. Pass um, your Valentine. My Valentine, I'll start. Good. It's my favorite player. The reason I am a Carolina Panther fan, he will be eligible for the Hall of Fame next year. You're going to take mine. He's fifth all time uh, as an NFL sack leader. Who could it be? Yeah. His name is Julius Peppers. He's from about 35 minutes down, and it is Bailey, North Carolina, from where I live at. And uh, was awesome, actually. Tar Heel, as a dude. power forward. That's Tar Heel. I think yep. was on a national championship. On a national team. championship team. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. They didn't win that year, but they went to the championship game. Yeah. Oh, actually, and they made it on the final four and lost in the final four. He didn't win it ever. I don't think so. No, I, th- I think that was the year they oh. with Antoine Jameson and uh, I-, I think that they uh, and Vince Carter. I think they went to the final four and lost to Michigan State. Gosh, I'm pulling way back in the memory right now, but he was before oh. Matt Forte. That was the guy. That was those underperforming Matt Daugherty, yeah. Daugherty teams. But Julius Peppers was fucking a monster in basketball. Like he was like a Dennis Rodman type player. It's like, oh God, nobody wanted to get a rebound near that motherfucker. Yeah. And well, he was like uh, Dennis Rodman with Shaq's size. 
It was he's, insane. He's big. Yeah. Maybe not as shit. No way. Well, but, not Shaq's size, but I mean, he was bigger than Dennis well, Robinson. Just, um, yeah. Yeah. But 12 fucking sacks his rookie season, and he was suspended for four games for uh, violating the substance abuse uh, pro- program. And, and, man, this is what we say about all the players we love. It's like it was an over-counter drug that he did. <laughs> you know, like, I don't really know. But, I, like, that, he got that shit at GNC and got suspended for four games. Julius Peppers, my Valentine. I love you. You took mine, man. Uh, I will reach back then, and I'll say Jonathan Stewart. Okay. One of my favorite running backs for the Carolina Panthers, the Panthers' leading rusher. I remember watching this guy when we drafted him, uh, thinking about how great it was. Even though we had D'Angelo at the time, it didn't make much sense. I love the dynamic he had whenever him and D'Angelo run the ball. Right. I remember when he took over. This is before he took over, but I remember when he went out with a knee injury, I think his first game back, I think it may have been his first run. He busted like a 70-yard run. His first game back from torn MC. It was, it was a knee injury. I can't remember what it was. And I just said, this guy's but, the man. Yeah. I loved him. Loved him so much. And, you know, he's been on the C3 Panthers podcast. So nice. I got to throw my Valentine to him. That's a good one. Great one. You know, um, we would have had Jonathan Stewart and, uh, and D'Angelo Williams. We ran the Wildcat with them. Right? Wasn't there a year where we didn't have a quarterback? Like we would have been. That this was the year. year with, uh, what was the guy that we never threw the ball? Didn't throw the ball. The reason we got Cam, uh, who was the quarterback? Austin there was it? There was not. Yeah. It was the '09 year or something. One year we ran the Wildcat. Think about that. It's like we were like this. It's like we're so bad. We're just gonna fucking run these running backs at you, like Miami when they had. Uh, those guys, Cadillac Williams, and there was one other one. All right, who's your Valentine, Cody? You know, um, I had one that I wasn't going to say, but I want to send some particular love to Greg Olson. Mm. Ooh, great be- one. For be- not great only, one. you know, for being our favorite third leg Greg of all time, True. but for being the best commentator and the best analyst in the NFL this year, man. Dude, everybody used to love Tony Romo. Now no one can stand that dude. Greg Olson is the man, certified the man on the field and off the football field, and for charity. And yet Tom Brady has been paid $375 million to come and replace the best in the game named Greg Olson. I don't know. I can't see both of them together. Well, because normally you have to have a color commentator, and then you have to have someone. Go to CBS. He should go to. He's going to go to CBS or go to. That's where they have uh, Romo. He's already signed the contract with Fox. I'm dude over there. Yeah, he's already signed the contract with Fox. It's an open ended. He's very good. All right, right, look, he's been amazing. He's been very good. A brush of like he is kind of the or tempered down Tony. You know, well. I don't like people turning on Tony Romo. I think this right now, the people turning on Tony Romo are people that kind of, who is it? Chris Berman. People like this is try to, they, they try to act hip by talking shit about Chris Berman. Like, nah, this motherfucker is a goat, but you like Tony Romo two years ago. You should like him now. Right. Okay. 
now he was like insufferable. He was happy and excited to be there at one point, and now he's like, oh well. He like remember he used to call plays before they would run it. Well, now he's doing the same thing and just getting it completely wrong. And I swear, half the times he seems like he's asleep. He was doing that before. Nah, he's gotten worse, man. He's he's gotten worse. But either way, man, Greg Olson doesn't get enough love, you know, and it's kind of fucked up because when we talk about the lack of weapons that Cam Newton had as a quarterback here, we always say, oh, the best he had was Greg Olson. Well, that's pretty damn good when you have fucking Greg Olson and you're throwing the ball to him, you know? Um, So shout out to Greg. He's the man. And uh, I hope he continues to make a lot of money. Uh, being an analyst because he's the best in the game doing it. CK, who's your Valentine? <sighs> you know, um, sometimes the most recent is the hardest, and that is uh, Christian McCaffrey. Mm. You know, it's uh, the most recent love and the one that uh, is going to hurt the most because it's the most recent. So uh, Christian McCaffrey's got it. He's the one that got away, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. We miss Olivia Culpa being in North Carolina. <laughs> um, just the possibility of accidentally running into her like was just it brightened our day. Obviously, it's unlikely, but I mean, just the possibility of that being a thing was was worth, you know, just waking up every day. You know what I mean? It could happen. I mean, it's hard not Christian. to like her Instagram post when they come by. Like it's hard to be like, oh, that's uh, I don't want to like that. It's like it's like your natural instinct is like, <laughs> right? I like. Uh, okay. Um, where we got now? It's just ice up picks. Yeah, guys, it's that's time good. for the longest running segment on the longest running Panthers podcast. Eleventh season, first ice up pick in our eleventh season. Let's rock, bro. Let's do it. Longest running segment on the longest running Panthers podcast. It's our time where we pay homage to a Panther great and Steve Smith. Steve Steve Smith once said, "Ice up, son." It's our time where we call out someone. It could be in the NFL world. It could be in the regular world. It could be on this podcast. It could be ourselves. Everyone is fair game. Anything is fair game. Ice up, picture. We when we tell someone to ice up, toughen up to get it together. I'm not ready, so one of you brothers take the microphone. I'll go first just because mine's short and sweet and to the point. Um, Listen, when you're you're a a top-tier NFL football player and you're being interviewed in the run-up to the Super Bowl and you get asked questions, um, you know, about, hey, well, what are some weird, interesting facts about you? Maybe don't bring up your fetishes live on CBS. Mm. Oh, the weirdest thing about you that few people know. I have a foot fetish. A foot fetish? Yeah. You like toes? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, look, that 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 face right there says it all, man. Hey, dude, you're doing too much. It's not the right time to talk about your love of toes to Micah Parson. Eyes up, son. <laughs> Pretty good. 
You know what? Is all the people that actually like feet and toes are like, Cody, you sucking. <laughs> Another shit ass take by Cody Lashman. Uh, I hate toes. Dude, I'm not even shaming. Just, I'm not a just don't say so it on like, CBS, man. That's all I'm saying. He's like, yeah. actually, he just got a 9,000 free foot picks. And you don't like sure. no toes? I'm sure. Nah, I fucking hate feet. Uh, I'll, I'll suck with some toes now. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, you ain't doing right. All right, who's next? Uh, I got. I can go real quick. Um, so I, I'm going to show a TikTok video that a friend showed me the other day, and I don't know if this is real or not. But if it's real, I'm not icing up the woman in the video. I'm icing up the people that sold her all this stuff. So uh, let me share real quick. Make sure I do it right. <clears throat> I hate this. Is every time I see a video on the internet now, I go. You doubt it, right? It's the premise of this is this is a woman who's from another country. She's living in America now. She's never eaten a peanut butter jelly sandwich. So I'm gonna start it a little way through, so we don't have to watch the whole thing here. And sandwich before in my country, and but I think it's in it, my country. Oh, I thought this, this is so. I'm, I'm finally can sing it and know what I I'm happy for because they say. Peanut butter, peanut butter jail time, peanut butter jail time, peanut butter, peanut butter, peanut butter, and bread ball bag. Oh, wait, no, I didn't. I, I messed it up here. You gotta. There you go. This is the jelly she's using. Um, and I got the high brand jelly. <laughs> make a sandwich. She puts it on this sandwich and eats it. I mean, it is made to be edible, right? Yeah, I mean. High bread. Because I want to be healthy, but I heard it might not taste good because it's wheat bread. The, the conclusion <laughs> of this total fake that yeah, it's that's almost what I'm wondering. I might I might see up the person who sold her this if it's not fake, but I guess I might see her up if it is. And then it determines she, determines she determines she doesn't like peanut butter. So I just thought that was hilarious when I saw it. I had to had to share that one. So right. if it's fake, I'm icing her up. If it's not fake, then I'm icing up whoever sold her that. Why right, did Jordan said that's a Will Levis sandwich? <laughs> oh gosh, does it? What'd you say? You put mayonnaise in his coffee? Yeah, he puts mayonnaise that in his coffee, and he eats uh, bananas with the banana peel. <laughs> All right, so like the mayonnaise and the coffee, I can't handle the ba- the banana and the banana peel is kind of like ridiculous. The dumbest shit ever. <laughs> I'm gonna throw this bowl over those mountains and eat <laughs> this. All right, this is mine, and again, I I feel like uh, I don't know if this is real or not, but supposedly, <laughs> I mean, the guy is at a trampoline park, right? Right, and so if you guys are, oh, where'd it go? Oh no! Uh, this is oh, uh, so. This guy's wow, at the trampoline no. park, and he's gonna go jump into this basketball court that supposedly he it says he thought it was a trampoline. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh! Rip, dude! Rip! So I don't know if that is. <laughs> I don't know if that's fake. 
Because like, my man, like, I mean, more worried if he has two broken, broken legs. Knees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two broken, two shattered ankles. Yeah, uh, I think yeah. that one probably is fake too, in a way, but oh, it makes me cringe. Yeah. Uh, but it did look kind of like the floor gave one way underneath time. his. Ah, it's probably slightly spongy, slightly spongy. But this guy jumps on it like he thinks it's one of those trampolines in the background, right? He like took a, a trampoline sp- jump off. <laughs> like yeah, jump off look at this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now I guess oh. you just gotta look at the knee bend, see if he. Bend. Oh, oh, no! It looks like that's like, like impact bend. right there. <laughs> <laughs> There's no bend. Oh, that's rough. Ouch. Oh. Careful. Oh, there's, yeah, yeah. You know they, like, there's a reason they make you sign them waivers. You paying for that shit. Ice up. Ice up. Yeah, you're oh. last. Go up. I mean, I'm I'm icing up. So, so what the entire week leading up to the Super Bowl, we heard about all of these unidentified flying objects oh, just being wow. shot oh. out of the out Dude. of the sky and everything, right? We don't, don't know what they are shit. yet. But we like during the Super Bowl, we got an admission of guilt in one of the Super Bowl ads. Yes. What the, U- the YouTube you ad- <laughs> you YouTube- oh. well, the YouTube ad- the YouTube ad there was an ad on on the, one of the ads for the Super Bowl and it was basically this big cylindrical object that's um and it starts the whole thing out like it's like a radio like you could hear somebody talking on the radio saying like um we have multiple reports coming in of a of an unidentified flying object that's about the size of three football fields and it's come to look come to see it like it's this giant cylindrical metallic looking object and it's just an advertisement for you two performing at a place called the sphere in okay. Las Vegas, but like it's just like it's um it's just unbelievably perfect that it happened to coincide with the timing of everything happening with the unidentified flying objects. The one and they shot down in Canada, supposedly, whatever yeah, that was. Yeah, and the fact that now we're hearing balloon, that was a metallic balloon. And when you look at this, this was a metallic cylinder, <laughs> and it's just is like it like a war. What is it? The um. War of Worlds. Remember the thing they did in the 30s or in the the World of War? Yeah, World yeah, War. No, no, you mean when they broadcasted War the War of the Worlds over the radio? Yeah, and then people freaked out. Everybody so they saw this and they were like, that's it. That's it. It's really happening. Yeah. I mean, that's that's basically uh, I that's now to be fair, this is not them actually giving an admission and guilt. It was just it's a giant coincidence. Mm, but sir. it's just unbelievable that it happened the way that it did. Because I mean, I'm watching that that commercial, and I'm like, there is absolutely no way, no way that they just <laughs> put that on TV. Because mm-hmm. like, hey, there's no way that they created that on the spot, and it's just a coincidence. Like it was, um, it I'm sorry, no way that it wasn't a coincidence. Because like, they wouldn't have had the time to create that. Um, so what do you and, think it was? Like a, just a play on the whole situation? No, I think it was just a coincidence. I think it was. Um, one hundred percent, because they're they're playing. I think they've had this plan for a while. Not the uh, okay. you know, UFO stuff, but um, like they've had this because they had this show at the Sphere, and so this is just you two doing what you two does with regard to their um advertising, and they're probably one of the better advertisers out there. But right, um, like like uh, promoting their shit. Yeah, 
and so it just it was if, if you get a chance just google u2 super bowl ad um it's does that much- make it the most reasonably priced super bowl ad in the history of the world then because it got ridiculous exposure incidentally but you just paid regular super bowl price which i know is expensive but you know what i'm saying like right <laughs> i you, you might have hit the nail on the head there i i i think any extra publicity like uh is, is always a good thing i don't know that this was intentional so it ah, was yeah, in their favor yeah, right. um but uh but yeah so i'm just i'm just icing up uh, i guess I don't really know who I'm icing up. I just thought that was a really super like funny uh, situation to find, uh, find the, you know, them to be in. Um, And now we can talk about the aliens if you guys want. Dude, can I just say that if you growing up as a kid, if somebody would have told you that in the future that we would be having news stories about fucking UFOs being shot down and the government just openly being like, yeah, we don't know what it is. You would think that would be the biggest news story of like a fucking generation. So is that what they said about the yeah, silver they, thing? They're, they're openly confirming that they don't know the origin, the origins of these crafts. Is that what you believe? Is yeah. The question I, though, I, like seriously, do you really believe that? Is, they just don't want to say. I, it's I don't believe anything. Yeah. That do you believe they we do? shot down an alien craft and did get attacked? Like, come on. No, I know that's another thing. Like, if, if you're going to tell me that if they have the capacity to get to another world, that our fucking bullshit uh, down, rockets yeah. are shooting them down, dude, it makes no sense. But, dude, the whole thing is fucking creepy as hell. And it's I don't China. think that it's China, I don't bro. China think be that we, balloons. I don't think that we have enough conversations about this as a society. It's all oh, whatever. There was just something shot down. Like, that's what the, the fuck is yeah. that thing, dude? Mm-hmm. Because we don't really believe it was alien. Why not? That's well, I mean, even man, more I'm, scary to be it's more because it's more plausible than it's just like China or uh, like some dumb Russian thing, like or some janky ass. Imagine if the Russians tried to float, like a uh, like. So the Chinese had the air balloon come over, right? What if like Russia tried to get like catch up with China like a little mini space race arms race and you know you look at that Russian shit it's all janky as fuck <laughs> you know did you, did you see video of them invading Ukraine they look like they didn't even know what they were doing right so the uh, it's probably Chinese dude how about this, this it a- opens up the possibility though like that like okay maybe these might be fake. But all the ones that just disappear, that straight up just zap out of existence. Which ones? Oh, there's a bunch. Dude, you haven't even looked into this. I don't want to talk to you about this. This is like something that's really happening, Tony. And you need to (laughs) do your homework. No, you need to do (laughs) your homework. Aliens are among us. They may not be the ones that were shot down. But do they have an aliens fans, fans podcast like we no. got one of the Panthers? Hey, Tony, let's, I'm telling you, man, seriously, one. do some research. There's there's <laughs> hardcore evidence and like some really crazy stuff. Look, I believe aliens are among us. I believe that we actually have alien tech and we've been in contact with aliens. But I do not believe. Yeah, I'm hanging out with you, motherfuckers. Was alien tech. I mean, come on now. Seriously. And they have <laughs> like military... Cody says, do you really think if they can travel from world yeah. to world that our missiles are going to take them out? Come Three on. times. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. three times in and the not span be attacked like after that. Yeah. Hey, we defeated hours. Predator. We defeated the Predator. Why can't we defeat this? Uh, Predator didn't even defeat the box office. Oh, stop. <laughs> Ray was awesome. Like, his first Ray. Um, I do. Uh, let me put it like this. My friend told me one time, because uh, he said, do you believe in ghosts? Like, we were having one of these conversations. He said, do you believe in ghosts? And I was like, man, no. Nah, like, no. Nah. Like, I don't have any evidence to believe in ghosts. Right? Is like, if they really were of existence, I would have encountered one or something. He goes, have you ever been to China? And I was like, oh, shit. I can't believe in China anymore now. dude hey if if there is an alien attack we just need to call will smith like uh white chocolate espresso says i just watched bad boys uh going off of youtube i mean uh, no and do independence day welcome to earth just punch an alien right in his fucking face dude i'm calling jeff goldblum he's the one who really took it down no that wasn't jeff goldblum that's Jurassic Park. No, he did. Yeah, he's in yeah. there. No, Goldblum. It was, isn't it? The dude that was the brother no, in uh, a vac- a Vacation. Mm-hmm. He flew the yeah. plane in. Remember? He the did. Plane, he's in there. He was in that movie. He's in. He's in ID four, but he. But he's not. Uh, you're talking yeah. about uh, Quaid, the Quaid uh, father. But he's. Uh, I mean, he's Quaid. Yeah. yeah, Gold Goldblum was the one that uploaded the virus. Right. Oh, it was yeah. a virus that took uh, him. Yeah. I thought it was God. that guy that just <laughs> God of Blackness with the ten dollars says the mayor of Chicago gives me alien from MIB vibes. Yeah. Like the aliens that are in the human uh <laughs> they're in the human costumes. That's awesome. That is fucking hilarious, man. All right. Um Thank you, God of Blackness. The C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. We might make the uh, Alien Fans podcast, but before we do that, we'll probably just jump over to Greg's podcast and hang out with them on Friday nights. They'll probably tell Cody will get up there and say, oh, The Last of Us is the greatest show in the history of fucking world. Better than anything Netflix has done lately. Yeah, I can say that. Hey, seriously, check us out. Geeks Chasing Squirrels Across the Multiverse, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube. We may start a little late this weekend because we're doing Last of Us. We're doing the uh, Flash trailer. We're doing the Season 3 premiere Picard, Bad Batch, and we're all getting to see Quantumania before Friday. So we're going to review Quantumania, the new Ant-Man movie on Friday. So it's going to be a big show this Friday. Oh, God. That's like a super Happy show. Happy Valentine's Day. Look at this. Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. I know, right? right? <laughs> um... You know what? Cody Lack. I tell you this, fuck that. You know what? Is I say Wednesday's better than The Last of Us. Uh, it's a different uh, type, of great, type of movie. It was alright. It was good. Hey, yeah, by the way, by the way, this is the mayor of Chicago. And he's right. <laughs> oh, it definitely looks like an alien, dude. <laughs> You're right. Oh, well, wow. I've never seen. Remember Coneheads? Like uh, they're like living in the world, you know. So it's like so close to being an alien, but like you can't like. <laughs> yeah. it, like there it is. Bro, she has a five head. Whoa, man! Damn. All right, sorry, Miss uh, whatever your name is. Hope you're not really an alien. Don't kill us, you know. All right, but, tell them how to get after you, brother. <laughs> yeah, uh, dude, find me on Twitter at Cody Lack. C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. 
Uh, every Friday at 7 p.m., we do the C3 Friday free-for-all. The show for Panther fans, by Panther fans. You can join the show via StreamYard, just like we're doing now. And, uh, yeah, man, that's about it. Come be a part of the cult of free-for-all. It's the People's Voice podcast, the C3 Panthers podcast, and not uh, the voice that makes them moist. CK, tell them how they can get after you before next week. You can find me on all social medias. Uh, it's going to be Codizzle Allen. Um, and uh, obviously here. And uh, we'll see you guys on Tuesday, maybe Friday. Who knows? We'll see what the the day uh, brings. But, uh, yeah. That's the show, guys. Uh, we'll see you next Tuesday, Friday, and all the other times that we're online. Cody Light, take us out of here. C3, keep pounding.